You're listening to The Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio family of podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hello again, friends, and welcome to The Nerd Table. I am your host, Chris, joined, as always, by my good friend, Eric. Hey, how's it going, Chris? How's your morning? Um, I ate French toast sticks, so it's going pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I had some sandwiches, just some ham and cheese sandwiches for me. French toast sticks that were, well, they they were leftover French toast sticks from last night, but they were still good. But I got them at Sheets. The, uh, all all my Pennsylvania friends know what I'm talking about. The rest of you are like, huh? And they were doused in sugar and cinnamon, like they doused them in it and gave me a maple syrup dipping cup. They were fantastic. So this like a, a chain? Yes, it's better than Wawa. Nobody at me. Jeez, oh, it's a gas station type chain? Yes. Okay. Way better way better than Wawa. Yeah, Do I don't I don't me. even have a Wawa over here. Like I, I remember Wawa in Florida as they were, like made their way down there and then I came up here and all we have is Speedway and yeah, not great. Not Speed- great. Speedway's everywhere, so that really doesn't count. So you can listen yeah. to this wonderful programming. On our awesome channel, CKCC Radio, where you can listen to all kinds of fun programs. Among the stuff you can listen to include my wrestling podcast, Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. You can listen to J Bunny's Music Hub with Jason Shin. The Motivational Moves Podcast with Adrian Cotton. New episodes once a month. The Bored to Death Binge Cast with a cast of characters, although main host Jay was ousted this week so chris and sam could just talk about horror the race nerd podcast with mr matt hardman and more among the shows you can listen to are two programs hosted by my good friend jeff drelowitz including ranking tracks and real paranormal talk the new episode just released an interview with former ghost hunter dustin perry a two-part interview with part one now available and part two coming a week from we the day that we record this episode and joining us on this week's program as a special crossover with real paranormal talk. He is an amateur paranormal investigator with real experience and real stories to tell. He is a published author with six count them six books available on amazon.com that you can check out and a former, or should I say current escapee from the land of torture, where three circles meet to form a fascist symbol of pop culture. And Eric and I both worked at, which is how uh-huh. we knew him. Exactly. His name is Jeff Trellowitz. Jeff, welcome to the Nerd Table. I am so glad to be here on the Nerd Table. I've loved every episode so far. and looking forward to being part of uh, your podcast as well. So will this be your favorite episode then? Because you're on it. I'm going to guess yes, because I'm not much of an egomaniac. No. <laughs> I'm super excited. Uh, there, I, I know you know the story, Chris, but, but Jeff, you probably don't. Well, as I was growing up as a kid, um, you know how they have like the show and tell and, and, and stuff like that in school. And they ask mm-hmm. you, what do you want to do when you grow up? One of the things that they asked me was like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I 
wanted to be a Ghostbuster because I was obsessed with those movies. <laughs> and obviously, like, the whole class laughed at me and everything like that. And, that. and I found out that, you know, the, well, at the time, Ghostbusters aren't real as far as, like, the, you know, the packs and the ghost traps yeah, and well, stuff like what that. what we see in the movies. Yes, yeah. what we see in the movies. But, uh, yeah, so when Chris told me that you were going to be on the show, I was like, I have to share that information with you because I feel like you'd appreciate that. Yes, I would. I, I grew up loving those movies as well. Everyone trashes the second one. I enjoy the second one. Is it as good as the first one? Not even close. However, it's still an enjoyable movie. So That could be sure. a whole episode, right? Our sequels that don't get as much love as they deserve. Oh, count me in for that episode, too. <laughs> yeah. Because Ghostbusters 2 is not a great movie, in my opinion, but I still like it. I yeah. will still watch it, and I will still laugh at it. Yeah. Because as usual, Bill Murray, yeah, as usual, Bill Murray made that movie. It well, not- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the subtlety of Bill Murray's humor, which was lost on me as a kid, and now I appreciate it more as an adult. Right? I have to, like, go back and rewatch all of his movies because they're gold. But at the time, I was just like, I don't know who this guy is and why is he, like, why is everybody laughing at him? It's like the very first time I ever saw Groundhog Day, I was like, I, w- I was young and I was like, uh, this is kind of boring. I don't like this. And I watched it again as I was older and started to appreciate Bill Murray more. And I'm like, this is brilliant. <laughs> this movie's brilliant. <laughs> And, like, with Bill Murray, he doesn't even need to star in the movie to be the best part of it. I'm looking at you, Zombieland. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I like that. That was the best scene. That like, was the best scene. Yeah. I like to go out. <laughs> yeah, Bill, Bill Murray is what we call a national treasure. Yes. We must and, protect Bill Murray at all costs. And the fact that he does not take himself seriously, I mean... They made a movie about just stories about Bill Murray. I mean, and they're all true stories. And he like he will crash weddings just because he's Bill Murray and he can. That would be if he, if he crashed my wedding, I would have been very happy to have that kind of power. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. So <laughs> right off the bat, Jeff, I really want to ask you. What piqued your interest in the paranormal? I have always had this weird fascination with it. Like, I remember growing up, there was a TV show called Sightings, which was kind of just, you know, a paranormal show. It was probably one of the first true life paranormal shows. I I remember watching that. Um, As far as what actually gripped me was my first encounter with something that I can't explain. I was probably about seven or eight when I moved into my new, into the new house that I considered my home. You know, whenever anyone asked me, where am I from? It's this house. And so I was probably there maybe a week or so. So we were still unpacking the house and I'm in my room and something fell off my dresser and I was on the clear other end of the room. So I know I didn't knock it over and it kind of scared the crap out of me. So I went running down the stairs and my parents were in the garage at the time. And so I get to the bottom of the stairs and our house had a, there was a couch right in the middle of the room and behind it was a window. 
that was shining bright light. And from behind that couch, I saw a shadowy hand just reach up from behind the couch, do the crooked finger like, come here. And I just freaked out and I just kept running. Now, if I saw that, I would probably go to it. But because I was like seven, I was like, nope, do not know what's back there. I told my parents, they told me it was just my imagination. Could it have been? Yes. But it it seemed so real at the time that I'm like, no, I saw a hand. And like, I would not even go behind that couch for like a week because I did not know what was back there. Even my parents were like, see, we do it. I'm like, nope, that's good. You stay there. I'll be over here. Yeah, you get you can have that. I'm going to go the other direction. Yep. Yeah, I think I would have noped out of that room as well. Yep, I would have noped out of that house. <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, I was seven. I didn't really have an option. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I, like, hey, put that for sale sign back. Uh, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going back to East Haven. See you guys later. We're done. Just done. So when did you actually decide you wanted to start investigating the paranormal? I think it was... Uh, by then, like Ghost Hunters was a popular thing, and I started going to St. Augustine at least once a year. And I think it was there that I'm like, okay, I want to find out more. And so I started to buy my own equipment piece by piece just to have something to record with. Or, And I, I think just going to it, like to the lighthouse every year. And then reading some of the history of St. Augustine, I'm like, no, I could totally, I want to start investigating. And I investigated there many times. You know, I wanted to ask you about the St. Augustine Lighthouse, because it's always been a very popular topic of discussion among the paranormal. Not only is it one of the best episodes of Ghost Hunters, where it's one of the episodes where they get their best evidence ever, like evidence that they couldn't even dispute. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing, right? Is you're trying to also dispute the stuff that you find. You're disproving. Yep. And And that to me is actually more important than actually proving. Because it's easy to be like, oh, something made a sound. It's a ghost. But when you actually look into it and investigate to what else could have caused that, it's such a great feeling going, okay, here's what it probably could be. And... Uh, I would say probably about 90% of Ghost Hunters episodes were them debunking. Yep. And they would say, you know, and then when they couldn't debunk something, they would say, well, it's a possibility, but they never conclusively would say, come out and say, oh, yeah, it's 100% a haunting. But that St. Augustine Lighthouse stumped them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, having watched pretty much every episode of Ghost Hunters probably more than once there have been a couple episodes where jason and ground were like we can't debunk anything you know telling us something is the stories is one thing but us capturing something they have said places are haunted it's just very rare for them to have the exact same experience that they were told yes but again going back to that lighthouse that was the the killer that's the the episode that always stuck with me because not only did they catch some weird stuff like the one, the thing that ran past the camera and then peeked back over the top at them. Yep. Between so. that and the the first time they went to Eastern State, they caught a really good piece as well. Oh yeah, Eastern State. That was a that was a famous clip too, where it runs to the camera and then runs away. Yep. And that's near me. Yes, it is. And I've been there as well. 
Philadelphia, greater Philadelphia area. And yeah, that's a, that's a bucket list one. So, I, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to ask you this. I, I, I'll, I won't harp on the lighthouse, but it's my last actual question about it. Do you know the history of the lighthouse and what is potentially haunting it? Yeah, basically what, there are a couple of different things that could be haunting the lighthouse. The first being when they were constructing it, they had to set up a pulley system from the beach down below to the lighthouse to get some of the equipment that they were building with. And when they weren't building, uh, one of the people's kids that were working there would play on that pulley system. And at one point, the brakes broke and the pulley crashed into the ocean. Mm. So three girls died in that. And so whenever they say that they hear the voice of a little girl usually screaming for help, they think that that's what they're hearing is that one of those kids. Uh, they also, because of how much time the groundskeepers and the lighthouse keeper spent on property, one of them did die there. And they think that he's also there still performing his duties. He doesn't know he's died. So he's still doing what he knows he's supposed to do. That's really also very creepy. Yeah. Little little kids are where the, the creep factor <laughs> yeah. comes in there. Because they owe another of the hauntings they see a after the place is closed and it's padlocked from the inside, they'll see the shadow of somebody walking the outside of the top of the tower. I love I love creepy stuff, but sometimes just thinking about it, you get that chill down your spine. But I lo- I love it, and I will. Uh, I, I I don't know when my interest actually peaked in it, but I think it was just one of those things where I always really wanted to believe in more than what we see in life, and that was enough to convince me that. Maybe there is more out there because a lot of this stuff, <laughs> a lot of this stuff is, uh, it can really make you think. Uh, I'll, I'll tell a story from a different part of St. Augustine. This is one of my favorite stories to tell. Uh, it involves my ex-girlfriend. We were doing a ghost tour of uh, a Ripley's Believe It or Not that's in uh, St. Augustine. So we're in this room, uh, and they're showing us all these orbs that were taken at during this tour. And I look over, and I see that she just kind of jumped at one point, like just out of nowhere, just started kind of twitching. And a few minutes later, the tour guide tells us, okay, there, uh, there are supposedly two ghosts in this room. One is kind of a prankster and just mean... One is a bit of a flirt that likes to run his hand up women's legs. Just the, the, one, one's Eric. <laughs> it's a prankster, and it's kind of mean. Eric, I didn't know you were haunting St. Augustine. <laughs> I mean, I probably am. I, no. <laughs> so we go. We they're like, okay, now you get to go explore the building. Now me, I'm a kid in a candy store. I'm running around because they'd given us a K2 meter at that point. I didn't own my own, so it was fun to to play around with. She's now just kind of walking slowly, like just something seemed wrong. 
And so she finally pulls me aside and says, I need to talk to you. And I said, what? She goes, did you see me twitch at one point? And I said, yeah, what was that about? She goes, was that before or after they said the ghost that likes to rub his hand on women's thighs? I said, you twitched before. Why? She goes, I felt a hand on my thigh. And so she was wearing jean shorts at the time, and she pulled it up just a little bit. There was a thumbprint on her leg. Get some. Uh. <laughs> and, and at that point, I'm like, we're going home. Or I said, we're, we're going back. She, I go, you're in no condition right now to investigate. She goes, this is your thing. I said, no, I don't care. We're going back. The second we hit the door, it starts pouring rain. So now, and we had walked to the, from our hotel to the, to, San, to the Ripley's. So we had to book as quick as we could because we didn't know it was going to rain. So we didn't even have an umbrella. Yeah, that was a fun night. But yeah, she, clear as day, had a thumbprint on her leg. And she's just like, I, she was so freaked out. She wouldn't even be alone for the rest of the night because I said I was going to go look at something. She goes, bullshit, you ain't leaving me alone right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I would have I would have noped out. And, and like she actually, like I said, she actually came with me into another spot to investigate a haunting right after that. I mean, she <laughs> because the. Uh, are you familiar with the story of James, the child? And the giant mm, peach? No. no. Okay, so there is two big cemeteries in St. Augustine. One is a military cemetery that you cannot get into. It is behind a barbed wire fence, except for one grave. There is a, there's a small grave of a child. I believe he's five years old when he died of a disease. And they just, for whatever reason, put him at this cemetery. And so earlier that day, when we first arrived in St. Augustine, that's always our first stop. And I had thrown one of those like quarter bouncy balls over the fence, but I had covered it with glow in the dark spray paint so that we could see it at night. When I went back, when the two of us went back, the ball had moved from when it, where it originally had landed. And like I said, you can't get in there to move it without climbing over barbed wire fence. When we went back the next morning, the ball was back in the original spot. Love stories like this. Uh, same thing with the kid. This was another trip. Me, her, and her sister went to visit the grave. Uh, we saw a family walking towards the grave from another side. So we just kind of walked across the street and just made it look like we were talking. And it was a mother, a grandmother, and a grandchild. The grandchild, as soon as they got in front of the cemetery, just lost it went complete ape shit screaming crying no one knows why as soon as they left the kid was fine james has been known to make his presence known to children because again being a child himself we think james had appeared to the kid because there was no other reason for this kid to just start screaming for no reason and even the parent the, the mother was like what's wrong and like the kid was just incoherently crying Hmm. Now, do you think kids to... are? Do you think kids are more sensitive to these kinds of things anyway? I do because I think you know, as adults, we tend to shut off parts of our mind that, you know, if we don't want to believe something, we don't. 
and that's why they always say like with kids it's easier to learn a, for, a foreign language because their mind is so open to it for us as adults it's harder so i think yeah i think kids are more susceptible to seeing things same thing with animals i think that they they say that animals can see things that we cannot so part of me wants to be a dick and just be like well some kids just cry for no reason so <laughs> that but, is true but it was just weird timing that it was only in front of the cemetery that this kid screamed before the cemetery and after they passed it the kid was fine i know i just had to be a jerk sorry um, every sorry everyone <laughs> with kids i sorry sorry Sorry, but you don't also apologize know it's to true. them. They have kids; but, they know that they scream for no yes, reason. Yes, but I've worked at Disney. I've seen kids lose their shit for absolutely nothing. <laughs> I uh, saw, yeah, I saw a kid lose it because their parents wouldn't open their uh, ice cream bar. So, yeah, trust me, I understand. Yeah, we've 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 definitely seen it. Um, this is this is something I think is really interesting. Here is Disney and Universal both have a handful of ghost stories behind them. And Jeff, you're familiar with George. Of course. Pirates of the Caribbean. Can you explain that to the listeners? So the story is when pirates was being constructed, one of the construction workers uh, had an accident and actually died in the building. And so they say that, and this is urban legend, that if you do not say good morning and good night to George, he will mess the ride up throughout the day to the point that it's even on the morning and closing checklists that you have to acknowledge George or else the ride will break down. You know, I've always wanted to work there just so I could try opening it without doing that just to see what would happen. Yeah, I mean, I've, again, I've gone on the ride and even whispered his name just to see if anything would happen, but nothing did. Yeah, I, I've i heard that he basically leaves everyone, everything alone, as long as you acknowledge him. Yeah. We had a similar legend at the Living with the Land boat ride at Epcot. Not a haunting but some kind of deal where if you did not pet the dog and say good morning to it while you were doing your checklist, you know, the animatronic dog in the mm-hmm. farmhouse scene. Yep. Yeah. If you did not, you were supposed to actually pet the dog and acknowledge it if you were opening that side of the track. And if you didn't, stuff would happen. And sadly, I never got to open that side of the track on my own because Son I of there a that long. bitch. That would explain <laughs> a lot. You know how many times that ride's broken down on me every time I've coordinated over there? (laughs) Well, I think you know why now. A friend of mine used to work at Spaceship Earth. Now, I'd never heard anything about Spaceship Earth being haunted, but she had her own experience there. Where she was going on break, and I guess their break room is at the very top of the ball. So she had to climb these steps. And as she did, she saw two kids on the steps. And so she approached them to say, hey, uh, you know, you guys aren't supposed to be here. And they just disappeared in front of her. I would like to announce my resignation. (laughs) (laughs) So this because she knew of my love of the paranormal. So she's like, so she came looking for me that day. She's like, I need to talk to you now. And I'm like, I'm working. She goes, do not care. 
And she pulled me aside, told me the story. I'm like, damn it, I need to go there now. Yeah. Although my favorite, my favorite uh, mystery at the Living with the Land boat ride was the cat that had gotten in and was basically living there. Because <laughs> you would see the little kitty paw prints in the sand. And I almost never saw the cat. Well, the but cat was, was there. The, the cat was just living with the land. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Just doing his thing. <laughs> so do you I like the, the uh, do you like the paranormal ish rides that they have at Disney? Do you like the Haunted Mansion? Do you like the Tower of Terror? Two of my favorites. But I mean, I wouldn't be a paranormal guy if I was like, oh, no, don't like. I mean, those those are they're there's a reason why they're so popular because they are entertaining. They do tell a story, you know, you never know what's going to happen on that ride. So, and it's always fun when you're on like haunted mansion and it just randomly breaks down and you're just like, okay, why did this happen? Oh, I could sit there on haunted mansion all day. Yeah. I actually had it break down in front of the, uh, the dancing ghosts. In the dining room. I'm like, this is perfect. I could stay here all day. (laughs) Uh, That's the best. So speaking of like haunted and horror type things, last week we did this thing where we shared a story of our like horror experience working. You have anything similar since I know you worked at Disney as well? Yeah, I was there for almost uh, 13 years. So I uh, this isn't necessarily a Halloween story, but it definitely scared the crap out of me. I've got two of Well, I've got one amusing story and one not. So I was greeting in front of interventions East and they, I was told that they needed my help with something else. So there was a kid who was sitting on the back railing behind spaceship earth. And so he was sitting on it and he lost his grip. And so he swung around and his face implanted back into the post so half, yeah, half this kid's face was swollen. Half his face was normal. So they needed me, being the voice of reason, to babysit his cousins because the cousins were freaking out. And I'm like, I don't really know what to... They're like, my cousin's going to die. I'm like, no, your cousin's going to be fine. He's probably missing a tooth or two, but... <laughs> All I just thought of was Nico Bellic in Grand Theft Auto 4 when he's rescuing his cousin Roman. The whole time he's screaming, let go, my cousin. So I had to stay with these kids for about 20 minutes. They told me to walk them over to the to imagination and back just to try to get them out of the scene so that they didn't see what kind of shape their cousin was in. And I'm not really good with kids, so I don't know why they had me do it. But it was just an amusing story. Like, I saw this kid's face, and it was out of a horror scene. It was <laughs> bad. Who was the kid, roughly? Uh, I want to say it was probably about 13, 14 years old. Oh, so uh, old enough to have known better. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Don't sit That's where you're fair. not supposed to sit. That's the moral yeah. of this story. We can end the episode there you go. right here. And even <laughs> if, like, even if the kid left, because he was holding onto the railing as well, which is why he swung back around instead of just face, face planting on the concrete. I feel like if he had face planted, he would have been in better shape than what actually happened. <laughs> I mean, I, I did it. have a time once when I was opening Harry Potter and. When everybody comes in in the morning, everybody's running full speed to the castle. And I'm at the the greeter position for Hippogriff because we would never get the first hour guests. Everybody went to the castle first, not the kitty coaster. And that one morning, 
here comes the group of kids and everybody's doing the don't run, don't run. And the kids aren't listening. And boom, you just see it was it like went to slow motion. The kid just immediately feet goes out from under him and he kind of Superman for a few feet and then just face plants on the concrete, comes to a dead stop, starts screeching. And I'm trying not to laugh because this is a funny thing that just happened. And his mother, to his credit, walks up literally just picks the kid up and goes, that's why they told you not to run. <laughs> All right. That, that also reminds me of another story. Uh, you remember the wheelies, the shoes with the wheels on them? Oh, oh yes. Oh. So oh. I was standing there with a friend of mine uh, and kid wheels by and we tell him, you know, you're not supposed to use the wheels. And he goes, whatever. And so I turned to my friend Greg and I'm like, this is why I hate kids. I really hope he falls. And not one minute later, we hear thud. And we look down and he's face down on the ground. And we're, we wanted to be like, told you so. But <laughs> my other story in this one, I don't know many people have actually heard this story. But this is why I stopped drinking before Segway tours. So I used to do the Segway around the world tours. And we had this one couple that... Uh, they had some issues staying on the Segway. Well, at one point, you know, I'm, I'm slightly hungover at this point because I was drinking the night before. And I say slightly, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And so we're at the, the halfway point and it's kind of the rest period. And it's me and a guest relations person. And I pulled them aside and I said, they've always caught themselves when they lose their balance. I have a feeling that one of these times they're not going to do that. And she's like, I'm sure they'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So we leave the American adventure. And as we're getting through France, we have to go in between the uh, in, underneath, like the awning and stuff. And the woman catches her wheel against the side of the building. Oh. And so she, she falls. Her husband was right in front of her. Here's the crash. He jumps off. His Segway crashes. Like, she's lying on the ground motionless. I'm thinking she's dead. I'm just like, the, the rest of the tour just stopped. The guest relations person looked at me and said, you're in no condition right now to deal with this. Because normally where the, the, the interventions people were in the back of the line and the guest relations was in the front. She goes, you're going to take the tour back to Segway Central. I'm going to take care of these two. And then you're going to come back and get the segues that they lost. And I'm like, okay. So I get them back. Like, I'm, cause now there's nobody to make sure nobody's going out of line. So we go very slowly back. I, you know, I end the group and I'm like, thanks for coming. Have a good day. I start walking back to pick up the segues and bump into the old people. And they're like, yeah, we're fine. I'm like, good. Cause you gave me a heart attack. But yeah, I, I stopped drinking before towards after that because I'm like, cannot go through that experience again. That was scary. Uh, yeah, I'd say no, those segways, man. Those segways, if you hit the top, like if you hit it just right, you it'll, you'll fly. Oh yeah, it'll just launch you. I actually on the regular segway experience, so like the one minute free rides, one of our coworkers got put through a wall. Like the wall was dented because this guy crashed into her so hard. 
So, so yeah, you can do some damage with those. So I can't stand those new little boards that they have. Well, I don't know what they're called, but they're basically segways without the the stick. I don't even know what that is, and that just scares the crap out of me. Oh, though they're called hoverboards. The two yeah, wheel ones, yeah. Yeah. Well, Martin there's one. Did it better. There, <laughs> there's uh, there's one that's called a electric unicycle. It's basically a Segway without, like, you're just imagine a Segway with just the wheels. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I have seen those actually. Yeah, no, that that does not sound like a fun experience. Like, it got they to go the point fast, like man. they on New Year's Eve they would actually close Segway Central early because we had an issue with drunk drivers. <laughs> oh, I believe that. Yeah, I I totally believe that. Uh, yeah, especially. I mean, we had somebody climb the pyramid in, in Mexico, so yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had one. I was coming back from lunch, so I was just about at test track. And this is when there were still the towers in front of the east and west doors. I had seen a kid climb all the way to the top of the tower in front of the back entrance of Interventions. I come running just as I see this kid jump. I'm like, oh, God, no. I get the – luckily, the kid landed on his feet. And I'm like – I go, are you kidding me? Do not ever climb this. And they're like, oh, we didn't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you did. No, you – yeah. <sighs> I'm like, this could have ended in your death. And you're like, oh, I didn't know. I'm like, why would you even jump? What the hell? That's <laughs> – we're extreme. <laughs> oh, Nobody can get hurt at Disney. At Disney. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's that uh, too. Oh, man. Yeah, that's... So, three big things that you cover on your real paranormal talk. The, the big three for paranormal are ghosts, cryptids, the, the fascination of cryptozoology, and basically fantastic beasts and where to find them. Pretty yep. much what that is. Yeah. And of course, my personal favorite, aliens. Which and I and I love talking about aliens. So we'll, we'll save that one for last, because I want to do the other two first. Um so we've already kind of talked about ghosts and the fact that we we're basically all convinced that there's there's more to it than what we think. There's definitely something else out there. Um let's talk about some of the portrayals of ghosts in pop culture. And we, we already kind of talked on wh- what I really wanted to discuss first, but that, of course, is Ghostbusters. How do you think uh, – let's let's actually kind of break it down. As far as the the science of Ghostbusters, if, if you even can say that there is one, but uh, do you think that uh, – do you think that uh, – that Ghostbusters kind of got some of the science right? Because Dan Aykroyd actually based a lot of that stuff on – supposedly real paranormal evidence and things like of that nature. So, Well, yeah, little known fact, Dan Aykroyd's uh, father and I think his grandfather were also huge into the paranormal. So a lot of the things that he based that off of were from family experiences. Which is really cool. Yeah. So I think that, you know, other than the whole 
crossing the streams and that's a good way to catch a ghost. I'm not sure that there's a way to do that. But as far as like ectoplasma, because that is fact that there is plasma, there's ecto stuff like that. So, yeah, I believe a lot of the quote unquote science of Ghostbusters is factual. I mean, I, like I said, I think they did a really good job and they've there are supposedly different levels of hauntings anyway, like orbs are just energy residual. Yeah. Even though you can generally disprove them as just being, this room is really effing dusty. All right. Speaking of types of hauntings, do you know the two main types? Um, I, I don't remember the exact names, but I know I, I've I've heard this broken down before. But so yeah, there's there's basically two types that a lot of people in the paranormal field talk about. There is the residual, which is something that cannot interact with you. It is something that just kind of like the lighthouse keeper doing what he thinks he needs to do. He can't see you, but you can see him or you can hear him. He's just going along with his business. Then there's the intelligent haunt, and that's the kind that can actually interact with you, the kind that can touch you, that can, you know make sure that you're aware that they are there. Those are the two most prevalent kind. Yeah. I mean, then there's the poltergeists, which we all know as far as, you know, it's the German word for noisy spirit. It's the one that likes to destroy stuff. Just again, just to make its presence known. It's a great movie, by the way. Yes, it is. And one of the funniest scenes, even though it's not intentionally funny, is just Craig T. Nelson. You left the bodies. You just moved the tombstones yelling at the guy over and over again and i'm just like it's scary but the way that he does it is kind of funny so yeah (laughs) um uh, some other ghosts in pop culture i actually looked up a list here and i'm gonna i'm gonna pick and choose some of my some of my favorites here but we've all played the mario games yep we've all had encounters with the boo buddies yep and if we're talking video game ghosts, we got to give a shout out to Pac-Man's ghosts, too. Oh, uh, yes. I- Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Clyde. Yep, don't forget Clyde. <laughs> or is Sue. That, yeah, is that their names? Yeah. Okay, I did not know that. I didn't realize they had names. I just called, yeah. them, uh, called them by their colors. <laughs> nope, they actually do have names. Because fact, they were once human, too. In fact, Clyde the Orange Ghost is the leader of Badenon in the Wreck-It Ralph films. And they meet in the little room where the ghosts spawn in the Pac-Man game. And Sue was... I can't remember if Sue was for Ms. Pac-Man or if just depending on which version of Pac-Man you're playing. I'm not sure. But I had to mention that. Uh, Ghosts are pretty prevalent in the Harry Potter series. Yep. Each house has their own ghost, and ghosts play a pretty big role in the show itself. Or the show, yeah, the series itself. I was like, there's a show now? Jesus. (laughs) That would be all. Well, there should be. Yeah. But we all all know Nearly Headless Nick. He's the Gryffindor ghost. and (laughs) Nearly headless? How can you be nearly headless? Because he didn't fully get decapitated. (laughs) And... 
the the uh, the gray lady turns out to be the daughter of Rowena Ravenclaw. And she plays a big role in the last book. They have a ghost professor, Professor Bins, who is so boring that they feel like that they could die too, <laughs> just attending his lectures. Bored to death. Yeah, bored to death, literally. And of course, Moaning Myrtle, who very creepily hits on Harry Potter in the bathroom while he's taking a bath. She coddles up next to him while he's naked in a tub. That's not creepy at all. No, not at all. Hey, I mean, ghosts ghost need some action, too. They I was just going to think about the story of my ex-girlfriend. Ghost got a little too friendly. A little bit. <laughs> Maybe it was Moaning Myrtle. Maybe. And Peeves, the poltergeist, who does not appear in any of the movies, which is a shame because that character is hysterical. He's just a little, a short little man. Basically, the way the book describes him, he kind of sounds like a little Oswald Cobblepot. Just bouncing around, being an asshole. We all know Casper, the friendly ghost. Yep. Yep. It's a, it's a classic movie. It's fun. Danny Phantom, the Nicktoon, created by the creators of the Fairly Odd Parents. I've never actually seen Danny Phantom, but I know it's got a it's got a, a pretty big cult following. That's it was, a, it was okay. That's show. Way after my time. I mean, I've heard the name, but. Then again, I've never watched any of those Nicktoons because I'm old. So <laughs> See, I watched it because uh, it was around the same time that they were showing episodes of the Avatar that I haven't seen. And uh, it wasn't too bad. It was like, I think it was that show, uh, Avatar and Fairly Odd Parents that are like around the same time. So and at the, it's not like I had any streaming services either so it was just i had to fucking sit and wait (laughs) i don't want to hear it i'm like 10 years older than you (laughs) so imagine imagine how i feel there was nothing how about space ghost (laughs) okay i I did watch space ghost i will give you that (laughs) the original the og space ghost the actual cartoon yes yeah, because see, I didn't. I never even heard of Space Ghost until I discovered him on Cartoon Network late at night. Yeah, same. Space Ghost, coast to coast. I used to wake up at six a.m. on Saturday morning so I could watch Space Ghost and Cartoon Planet. Yeah, I was actually dedicated to that show. Well, we all know who the Maitlands are: Adam and Barbara. Yep, being forced to haunt their own house. And one of the best dance numbers in a in a non musical movie. Oh yes, fantastic! <laughs> and we all know who the ghost with the most is. You say his name three times, and he appears. Which is bullshit because I've tried it many times. <laughs> I think you have a better chance of getting Bloody Mary to show up than Beetlejuice. Although I kind of want to party with Beetlejuice. Uh, have you seen? You've seen Community, right? Yes. You do know the Beetlejuice joke in that, right? Yes, he appears after yep. they say his name three times. Three completely random times. They say, you know, one episode, then another episode. And like two seasons later, they'll say it. And then he just walked by. <laughs> Which is hysterical. Little details it, like that are what make TV shows great. Yep. <laughs> uh, mentioned this before, but I'm a huge fan of the Phantom of the Opera. Yep. Well, he's not a literal ghost, but they believe him to be. That Eric, the opera ghost, 
he's the main antagonist. And it's a fantastic play, by the way. I have seen it on Broadway two times, both times as school trips, and loved it each time. 100% recommend that if you're looking for a good Broadway play. And the soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal. And I will plug this every chance I get until everybody dis- understands how amazing this is. You have to see Nightwish's cover of the Phantom of the Opera song and actually see it performed live, which you can on their official YouTube page. And, 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 and speaking of, since this is a crossover episode, if you have not listened to the United We Fan podcast, they just did one on Broadway shows and they do talk a lot about uh, Phantom of the Opera as well. I actually forgot to plug our partner podcast at the beginning of the show. And yes, Blake and Sal. Hi, guys. Sorry. Mark, Brian. <laughs> sorry. My bad. Since you know, I need to plug United We Fan because I'm going to be on that show in, in like two weeks to talk about Simpsons Halloween episodes. Since Mark did a big plug for my Backstreet Boys episode, I thought I'd give him a shout out here as well. That was fantastic, by the way. And we covered for uh, the patrons of our Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk show, we actually do a watch along to the Everybody Backstreet's Back music video because it's very Halloween related. Yes, it is. So we kind of had to. This is just one big epic crossover at this point. This is like Arrowverse level crossover with all the different (laughs) shows right now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we could we could cross over lots and lots of stuff. Um what are some of your opinions for both of you guys, really, on um, some of the the horror movies that involve ghosts, hauntings, possessions, things like that? Because in my opinion, one of the scariest movies ever made is The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Uh, fun fact about The Exorcist: I think it was banned until like 1999 from Europe. Damn it! It was banned for a long fucking time. That's like, the, the movie that made me realize that every Ouija board should be burned. Oh, yeah. Like, from my perspective, I will never touch a Ouija board because I don't know. Like, could it be fake? Maybe. Am I willing to take that opportunity? Nope. Because uh, <laughs> I, I, I had mentioned when you guys talked about Halloween traditions and I said every year, uh, every week, I watch a new horror movie that I had not seen that I probably should have. Uh, last year, one of the movies that I watched was indeed The Exorcist. What did you think? I enjoyed it. However, I did not find it scary only because every major scene in that movie has been parodied in other things. So I was too busy laughing at it because I kept thinking of other things that I had seen that in. So I did not find The Exorcist funny, but I th- thought it was a really good movie. You know, your mother darn socks in hell. Yeah, that to me, I, I did laugh when the kid <laughs> just started swearing profusely. I'm like, okay, that's funny. But like the the vomiting and the peeing, I'm just like, mm, scary movie did it better. That, uh, I think for the time though, for 1973, oh, yeah. that was some break, breakthrough shit that was going on. Yeah, like if I hadn't seen those other scenes, I would have probably been scared shitless in that. So the movies that I watched last year that I had never seen, it was that, it was the original Alien, it was Cabin in the Woods. We'll get and to it, that one later. Oh, yeah. And it was uh, the first Evil Dead. Ah, uh, yes. I love. Okay, Evil so. Evil Dead. <laughs> a a, a perfect, movie. perfect possession, ghosts, 
uh, that's that's a, a great one to talk about. One of my favorite trilogies. The yep. and I love it because the original Evil Dead was so was so good. And then when they came out with Evil Dead 2, they basically just redid it, but as a comedy. Yeah. As a horror comedy. And it's so brilliant. And then for Army of Darkness, they're like, screw it. Let's just make the, it's like, what can we do it? What can we add to horror and comedy? How about just an action movie too? Yeah. <laughs> they just I, went full on. I had seen Army of Darkness before, but I'd never seen either of the Evil Deads. So, but yeah, it was just, it is all three of those movies are balls to the wall. Like, if you want a crash course on how to make a cheap movie but still make it quality, all you have to do is watch how that, that movie was made. Sam Raimi is a genius without, like, he does not need a big budget to make a movie and make it good. No, he does not. I. I absolutely love the uh, the scene in Evil Dead 2 when everything in the room just starts laughing mm-hmm. and Ash just starts laughing with them. Because <laughs> what else are you going to do? <laughs> the freaking moose head just turns and looks at him and starts losing it. The lamps are laughing. <laughs> the drawers are laughing and he's just like, OK, yeah, I'm going to go with this. Fuck it. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember... Army of Darkness, the the one scene that almost made me cry laughing was when all the little ashes trip him. Yep. And as soon as he falls down, they all sing, My Fair Lady. <laughs> and I don't know why that tickled me so, but I just lost it. We had to pause Evil Dead 2 because we got a buddy of mine to watch it for the first time. This was, like, probably back in high school, I think. It was either high school or, like, early college. And... The scene where Ash is battling his own severed hand and the hand flips him off. Yep. My buddy started laughing so hard he literally fell off the couch. And we had to actually pause the movie so he could try to compose himself. <laughs> it was the second time we'd successfully broken him because the first time was when we got him to watch the South Park movie and he lost it at Cartman telling Mr. Garrison, how would you like to go to the principal's office? How would you like to check my boss? He pulled out the megaphone. I'm sorry. What I said was... How'd you like to suck my balls, Mr. Garrison? <laughs> yeah, we had to pause the movie for him, for him on the same thing. And he literal, literal fell off the couch. He was actually on the floor. He couldn't couldn't handle himself. And that was funnier than the damn scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that actually happened with us with another Matt Stone, Trey Parker moment. It was, have you seen uh, Basketball? No, it was, yeah, Basketball. I own yes. Basketball. Uh, uh, we love, we... Three of us were sitting around one day, so we're like, let's rewatch basketball. And we just lost it at the roadkill caught on tape moment to the point <laughs> that we had to rewind it like five times because we were just laughing so hard. We're like, dude, show it again, show it again. It's so <laughs> stupid, and that's why it's so great. Um, one more ghost of pop culture I want to touch on here. Uh, another one of my favorites are the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Now, it and depends if, on which, uh, Muppets. which interpretation you're talking about. <laughs> the Muppets uh, interpretation. Muppets and Disney. The the uh, the half-hour short with Scrooge McDuck. All right. I and, then I will, and then I will raise uh, those are yours, and mine is Scrooge, going back to Bill Murray. Uh, that's such a classic, too. <laughs> 
You know, that, that's just it. You can, when you do a really successful parody of something, you can make it really good. And I think my favorite was Michael Caine said he would agree to do the Muppets thing, but he wanted to play it straight, which he said would make it funnier with all the craziness around him. And I think that was the best decision ever. Agree. <laughs> yeah. And that's what made that such a classic role. Um, any other ghosts we want to touch on before we move in? I mean, uh, not any specific ghosts, but I want to add a movie to my Halloween list. Uh, the Frighteners. Have you ever seen it? I have Michael not. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. I have not. Uh, it's, Michael J. Fox. It came out in 1996. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's got a IMDb score of 7.1 out of 10. 63 Rotten Tomatoes and a 52 for the Metascore. But it's actually pretty good. I actually really enjoy that that movie. I'm adding yeah, it to my, my Halloween to my movie list. list. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I do know that I've seen it probably when it first came out on like VHS. What, what's VHS? I'm kidding. Now, kids, <laughs> before there were Blu-ray and DVDs, there was, was data. The- <laughs> <laughs> remember uh, laser discs? Oh, my God, I yes. remember. <laughs> you know what? If vinyl can make a comeback, who knows? Maybe one day VHS will make a comeback. I remember having the entire Dragon Ball Z collection on VCD. Yep. Uh, if you guys remember what VCD is, yes, I do. Yeah. It. Uh, oh my god. I wish I had still had that because I feel like everything can play that right now. Modern day DVDs can play VCDs, right? I don't know. I, I, don't, like I don't think so. I mean, it, unless it was specifically designed for it, I would tend to say no. And it's a good way to destroy the the DVD player. Uh, Anybody uh, want to experiment? Ellis, you listening? <laughs> you, you you can do that. It was uh, it was the first thing you could play them on your PlayStation, like the original PlayStation. That's why I, I remember getting it. I just popped it in there and watched all the uh, all the movies and stuff like that. It was great. But, I mean, there's so many other classic ghosts. I mean, if we're going to talk ghosts, we might as well even say Patrick Swayze ghost. I mean, (laughs) I I, I think the special effects in that for the time were incredible. So, yeah, Uh, it it made my list of movies, which, by the way, I am sorry for not including Die Hard. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I, <laughs> like I said, if you're including Predator, I'm like, Die Hard is ten times better than Predator. So, I mean, it, it was a hell of a list. I'll give you that. <laughs> the, the, the research you did for that was incredible. So I give you a lot of credit. But I was like, nope, got to have Die Hard. At least uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What, I, I completely just skipped over it. I tried to do just the originals and maybe a sequel if it was better, like Terminator and Terminator 2. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I just fucking forgot. I guess I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Oh, there's always like I know like on my next podcast where I'm gonna just rank Halloween music. I know I'm gonna miss a couple because there's so many good quality Halloween songs that there's no way to possibly include every single great movie from that era or every single great Halloween song. 
Exactly. You can't. There's just too much. It would be a nine-hour podcast. <laughs> and yet I'd I mean, just break it up it. into sections. First hour, put it into nine episodes, uh, one hour apiece. Yeah. <laughs> Could do that. So let's let's switch the topics here from from ghosts and go to cryptozoology, which will probably be the shortest of the topics here. Um, the the most popular myths that exist in uh, as far as cryptids go, most everybody is familiar with some form of Sasquatch. Yep. Whether it's oh, uh, it's Bigfoot in the United States and Canada, the Yeti out in the Himalayas. And several other versions of this creature that exist individually in different parts of the world. What's your what's your main take on the existence of a Bigfoot or a Yeti type creature? I look at it this way. When you think about how little we've actually explored of the world, how much rainforest or other kind of forest we've actually explored... And the fact that we're still discovering species every single year. I'm not going to automatically tell you Bigfoot is real. I'm also not going to tell you that he's not. Because I think that there's too much evidence that points to something. I have seen so many clips of what clearly looks like a large figure walking somewhere remotely. I, Because I watch a show called Paranormal Caught on Camera. There is a lot of footage of what looks to be a Sasquatch. So I, 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 and then, of course, you're familiar with, you know, some of the evidence Josh Gates has, has caught on Bigfoot. Yes. So there is too much evidence to say that there has never been a creature that could be described as a Bigfoot or a Yeti or the Honey Island Swamp Monster, depending on what part of the country, or there's just, there's something. Let's all agree on one thing. The Yeti is real. He's at Everest, but he doesn't do anything. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, some people see him on a day-to-day basis. So. (laughs) Yeah, he, he enjoys his strobe light parties now. Yeah. He's a raving Yeti. Put some glow sticks in his hand. uh, Sussex County, New Jersey, where I grew up, actually has a uh, its own local Bigfoot legend. His name is Big Red Eye. Learned about him in Weird New Jersey. Yep. Uh, Never seen much evidence of him or really talked to anybody who really seems to know that uh, he exists. But there's enough legend to make you think. Something's out there. Now, in Sussex County, when we started developing the bear problem, I have seen multiple videos of bears walking upright because there's something wrong with their front paw. And in the animal kingdom, a lot of these animals adjust very quickly. So this bear learned to walk upright permanently. And it's a very weird scene to see it because there's footage of it literally walking through neighborhoods. Uh, my sister actually has had that bear in her area. And I don't know if she's actually posted footage of it, but she's seen it. And if you look at that thing from a distance, it's very, very easy to think that it looks like some type of a Sasquatch. So there's a possibility that 
some of these creature sightings that have been out there have literally just been bears with severed paws. You know, they got in a bear trap, ripped their paw off or whatever, or lost it to another reason. So that's not to say that they don't exist, but there's a couple of explanations out there that people do need to consider, and that is one of them. Because if if you look at that video, you can tell how easy it would be to mistake it. And then you always have the people who will get into, you know, a suit and pretend to be. So, yeah. And that's why I'm saying not everything that you see could necessarily be something paranormal. So even as something as a cryptid. And that's why I say, am I saying yes? Am I saying no? Because you never know what you're seeing. It's And especially now, it's so easy to alter footage. You know, you could CGI, people can CGI creatures in now. Think about all the deep faking stuff people are doing now. So it is so easy right now to fake something, which I think is such a disservice to the community. And that's always been the issue, too, is too many people fake stuff. Yep. Um, I I don't mind if you fake it for movies, but if you fake something and then try to pull it off as real content... That's when I have the yeah. issue. Yeah, like, yeah I, I, I agree with that. Because I posted an image of something to a friend of mine who's a paranormal investigator up in Jersey. She showed it to her group, and they automatically said it was fake. And that bothered me, because I know what I caught was not fake. And they're like, stop trying to pretend you're hurting our community. I'm like, you're the ones who are wrong here, because I know what I caught. Yeah. And that's the other thing, is you... One of the cool things about believing in the paranormal is the fact that you have an open mind to that stuff. You're not so so close-minded and so dead set on things not because that's the other problem I've always had was some people are so dead set on not believing that they have completely shut off any potential to be proven otherwise. Nothing you say or show them is going to be good enough. And I know a couple of people like that. Not going to say any names, but I I know a few people who are so dead set on this concept that, oh, only people who see dr- who see ghosts are on some kind of drugs. And the only people who think they see UFOs are complete idiots, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, so what you're telling me now is if you ever have an encounter with something and you want me to believe it, then based on what you're saying to me is I'm going to automatically conclude that you're an idiot on drugs yeah. because that's what you keep insisting. And to me, that's insulting. Cause Chris, you remember the, the picture I showed you of the uh, hooded figure holding a lantern, correct? Yes. That was the one they're like, no, you fake that. Oh, I didn't no, I did not fake no, no, that. Yeah. I was like, why See, would I just <laughs> See now on the other hand, like for people like you who actually have the like, actual footage all it would take is a small around a small amount of people to say that oh you faked this and now anything that you do catch from then on will be discredited completely discredited as a paranormal investigator and that that's what what kills it for me honestly yeah it becomes the boy who cried wolf oh well you you claim this is real but it's fake and we've proven that you're wrong so yeah it's it's a tough field to get into because, like you said, if enough people don't believe what you're showing is real, it's easy to doubt everything else that this person posts. Um, we've had this conversation before, but I've always said that 
No, I, I believe Nessie is a real possibility, but Nessie also goes off of the the belief that these creatures can live for very long periods of time. And when people are always like, oh, it's it's a fossil that was left over from that era. And my first reaction is, well, what's the lifespan on a plesiosaur? Yeah, because they don't live for millions of years. They have an actual lifespan. So there's a chance that one could have existed. But once it dies at uh... the end of your (laughs) unless there's multiple Nessies in there. Well, no, 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 because what's that one creature? We have a creature that is literally immortal, but it normally dies. Is it the jellyfish? We have a a mammal, too. There's a mammal as well. And I'm trying to think of, uh, is it like a gopher or a mole rat or something like that? One Uh, of them can live for like... uh, Yeah, one of these creatures, uh, apparently they're immortal. They'll live forever, but they normally die to either predators or some sort of accident. Uh, But theoretically, elves in Middle Earth. (laughs) Yeah, elves in Middle Earth. (laughs) They're they're immortal unless you actually just flat out murder them. Yeah, it is. The naked mole rat is listed as an immortal mammal. There we go. Yeah. So um, it can its cells can just keep regenerating, and it'll stay immortal as long as nothing else kills it. But it has to get killed. It won't just die. So it's basically a Highlander. Yeah. Cool shit, right? Cool shit. Anyway. That's that's why Kim Possible always hang out, hung out with a mole rat. She, she was trying to get the secrets. What's your secret? How do you stay alive forever? <laughs> <laughs> um, other other famous cryptids, uh, the Jersey Devil, which yep. which uh, we're going to do a whole real paranormal talk. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking, you know, like, I've got to get Chris on for that episode. Yeah, we're going to do a whole thing on. Uh, so I won't I won't touch on that too much here, but that's definitely one where the, the story is very interesting. The Pine Barrens are very vast, so it's entirely possible something like that existed. And again, how long do these things live? That's part of the, the question. But if it's if a mammal can do it, then who the hell knows? I mean, and, you, you could even look at something like the Chupacabra as a yeah. great cryptid that has become, you know, was started as a story that is now real. Hide your goats, hide your wife. <laughs> in, you in some countries, that's one and the same. All right. Anyway. Oh damn! <laughs> for all for all hate mail inquiries, please. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Who said that and who didn't? As you I said, creep away. Listen, I, I am an asshole. At gmail.com to get feedback from the show. Hate mail was not what I was going for, but if you'd like <laughs> to send hate mail to Eric, please email the nerdtablepod at gmail.com and let Eric know how much he just insulted your country. Oh my gosh. But of course, I if you immediately concluded that that's your country, then I have a question for you. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> no countries were mentioned, just a vague observation was made. There we go. And you know about Mothman, right? Yep. West Virginia? That one's always yeah. been really fascinating, too. I mean, Do you want to know how I learned about Mothman? movie about it and got a big name like Richard Gere to be in it tells you Wait. just how real that that could be. Wait, what? They got a movie about it? What was the... Yeah, The Mothman Prophecies. 
I did not know about I recently learned about the Mothman, and that's only because of Fallout. Yeah. Hold on. I'm looking it up right now. It was several years ago, but they made a movie on it. It's 2002. 2002. Yep. Called The Mothman Prophecies. Richard Gere, Laura Linney, Deborah Messing. Okay. Explain the story of The Mothman because I'm going off of what Fallout has and that's not accurate. So basically the Mothman <laughs> is a creature, is a giant creature with wings that has been spotted over uh, various parts, uh, I believe, in Virginia, West Virginia. And so, he, like, all of a sudden, this creature just will be seen flying at night. Huh. Okay. But not, like, killing people or anything like that, or people gone missing? And- uh, it, yeah, it basically, because it seems to have some kind of, like, power with psychic visions so as far as i know it's not been responsible for any deaths but i would have to do some research on that uh dylan if you're listening to this episode i my friend dylan from uh club kayfabe our wrestling community i'm not sure if he's uh, listened to this show too but he lives in west virginia if you could shed a little bit of light on that that would be fantastic Got the uh, the Mothman here. Um, real quick, we'll talk about some of the pop culture has definitely done their fair share of creature features and giant monsters. I think we all know the king of the monsters is Godzilla. Yep. He's been featured in probably the most films out of any other giant or kaiju, as they call them in Japan. Uh, his movies can't go from. Straight up. Uh, straight up. uh What's the word I'm looking for here? It's it's a commentary on current events because Godzilla was a direct response to nuclear testing in the Pacific. Yes. Uh, To just straight up, just just straight up fun. Just watch people in giant rubber suits beat the hell out of each other. (laughs) Straight up fun. I mean, some of them are, are really are really classic. Uh, In the United States, of course, our king is King Kong. He was brought over from Skull Island to Manhattan to be put on show. Did not take too kindly to that and ran amok. Climbed the that Empire remake, State Building. The remake was actually really good. I like that one. The uh, With, uh, Peter Jackson? Well, yeah. I did I did enjoy it a little too long. As Peter Jackson has that's a Peter, yeah, That's just, that's ah, just Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was it was fun. Um and then you have your uh, the smaller creature features. Gremlins, I think, is a is a really good one. Yep. Yeah. And then the complete ripoff, Ghoulies. Not as much fun. Uh, I did. I did not enjoy Ghoulies. I was because that was the whole thing. Was I was just like, this is uh, this is not that. This is not that good. I'm not. I'm not having a good time. <laughs> I haven't seen it. You're not missing much, trust me. Oh, okay. What do you think of the uh, the Universal Classic monsters? Oh, I mean, they're they're classic for a reason. And again, you look at, you know, for example, Dracula. Great book, great story. Mm-hmm. Also based same on thing, a legend. Yep, same thing with Frankenstein. 
uh, Wolfman. I mean, they're all great stories. And, you know, I, I applaud Universal for trying to do a connected universe with them, but it kind of failed. So, Which is a real shame. But as far as like, as far as vampire features go, I've always been a really big fan of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the TV series. Uh, and okay. the Buffy the Buffy movie is kind of eh. Well, yeah, but, but also look at it this way. It's so much easier to expand characters over how many seasons did Buffy run as yeah, opposed to an hour and a half movie. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right about that. But what I always liked was that their vampires didn't sparkle. Did the st- that's one thing. But their vampires did the they had the classic vampire folklore behind them, but then they also expanded that out and there were other types of vampires with different abilities. So it expanded the whole universe of what you can find in that kind of horror. I'm going to quote cuz I'm I just finished rewatching a series that was on a couple of years ago called Eli, Eli Ross History of Horror. And he, it was a whole episode on zombies, and they had some people that had done zombie movies, and they said, you know, there's always these rules of these creatures, but because they're all fictional anyway, who says we have to follow those rules? Exactly. I agree with that. Because they were talking about fast zombies versus slow zombies. Who says every days zombie later? has to? Yeah. Yep. That's true, and that's exactly true. And then I'll you tell look you at- what. Fucking, those fast zombies are way fucking scarier than a walking one, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yup. And, you know, and then look at all the different, how zombie cultures evolve, too. In the universe of The Walking Dead, everybody re-rises from the grave. When you die, you become a zombie. In 28 Days Later, those zombies can actually die off if they're not properly fed, you know? And then in other movies, you know, Dawn of the Dead, you gotta shoot them in the head and burn the carcass. In World War Z, uh, if you're dying from some sort of disease, they just leave you the fuck alone. Right. They they have some natural instinct where they, they don't think you're worth it and they ignore you completely. And then you look at the different ways to kill vampires. You know, is it garlic? Is it a silver cross? Is it a stake through the heart? I mean, there are different – each story has its own rules. You know, can you can you turn into a bat or not? Can yep. you resurrect? That was uh, when Buffy fought Dracula. He kept he was he's immortal. He kept coming back. And then she finally was like, don't you dare. And he just didn't resurrect in front of her because he knew she was just going to stake him again. I mean, you look at even like the Gary Oldman Dracula, he can turn into a dog. Yeah. Gary Oldman can turn into a dog in several movies. <laughs> let's talk about vampires in video games alucard from the castlevania franchise i absolutely loved playing castlevania when i was a kid i love playing wolfenstein was such a great fun game as well because you get to slaughter nazis and you get to take out mecha (laughs) hitler (laughs) yeah who can't enjoy that i always loved uh yeah the castlevania games were a lot of fun the uh I absolutely love Super Castlevania 4 on the Super Nintendo. That game is so great. It's so in-depth. It looks good. You know, even by Super Nintendo standards, the graphics are really great because they have those 3D effects and everything. 
Yeah, I, I miss really good games to be a lot of fun. side-scrolling games. I really do. Like my favorite Castlevania game is uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, for uh, the yes, original the, the classic on the PlayStation. That's like yes. the, the worst teaser ever because you have all your powers and then you lose them. Yeah, it <laughs> you're really just is. ripping through everything, and then it's like, nope, they got to start from scratch. And that was—I uh, feel like that was the first time there it introduced like a side scroller with RPG elements because you had to like collect gear, level up, and do. Like, there was some sort of progression system, and I mean, you got some of that stuff in Castlevania, but not—it wasn't as in detailed as, as Symphony of the Night. I think that's just an evolution with video games in general. Is just yeah. as games became more advanced you were able to do more stuff. I mean, if you look at what Final Fantasy was on the NES versus the newest Final Fantasy game, you'll see the immense difference there. I don't know. It's the, it's the same to me. They look the same. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I try We're to do that as deadpan as I could. Please email the new <laughs> table pod. <laughs> Sub- subject hate mail for Eric. <laughs> uh, it's just isolated every Final Fantasy fan out there. But just because um, it's newer doesn't mean it's better because I personally love the side-scrolling Castlevania games versus the 3D ones. The 3D ones to me well, yes. were just bad. Absolutely. I always per- – I not nothing against the 3D Zelda games because they are a lot of fun. But I still think the overhead Zelda maps were my favorite. And that's why I was so, so nuts for the Link's Awakening remake because of how they did that. Yeah. It, it, man, that's so good too. Oh, so speaking of, love speaking of, of ghosts wild. in pop culture, why did the Legend of Zelda name their ghost guineas? That's insulting to me as an Italian. Yeah. Like, I'm very I'm, – I'm not okay with this, Nintendo. I mean, they named them guineas because they're so white. No, I'm just messing. God, I'm just going to get all the hate Seriously? mail today. I'm getting all the hate mail today. <laughs> <laughs> and well-deserved. <laughs> oh. Jesus. All right. Uh Real quick, I want to touch on the, uh, the the Frankenstein story. Two of my absolute favorites are Mary Shelley's Frankenstein from 93, I believe. With I Robert so. De Niro as the creature. Very faithful telling from the book. Because we had actually read the book in English class and then we watched the movie. And it was – it didn't stray too far off from the actual story. It was done very well. And I have to mention Young Frankenstein from Mel Brooks absolutely brilliant so funny so damn funny haven't seen it i it's yeah, on my list I it's on my list reco- but i haven't seen highly it. recommend it it's 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 and I'm, this is really saying a lot here it's gene wilder at his best wow and if we're and if we're also going to talk uh mel brooks doing then we also have to throw out dracula dead and loving it not my favorite well, but not my favorite fun. either, but again, it's Leslie Nielsen doing Leslie Nielsen stuff, so it's it, it definitely has its moments. Like, uh, any werewolf stories you're into? I'm not huge into werewolves. I mean, again, do I believe? Yes. In fact, the uh, movie I watched last week for my first Halloween viewing was uh, American Werewolf in London. So... Good movie, uh, dragged a little bit. Weirdly had Mickey Mouse in the background a couple of times. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, hold on. Where did I read it? I read something where 
uh, people who have insomnia will typically stay awake during the full moon. And I want to say it's kind of true because every time that I've had insomnia and I don't normally look outside, but if I do look outside, it's chances are there's a fucking full moon. I, I don't know if one correlates with the other, but that's something. Well, get, well, get ready because full moon this month is on Halloween. Well, well I'll be up are. anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. So that should be a shit ton of fun right there. Uh, <laughs> it, it will be. There's there's a lot we could go into a whole thing on creature features and everything, um, but one one thing I just want to touch on really quickly is I very much appreciated the idea behind the Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity. Yeah, I personally don't like either of those movies, but I give them a lot of credit for trying something new. Yeah, it, it was a new concept that Hollywood had never seen, the found footage style. And I think it's easier to shoot that way than it is to do a standard movie. It's cheaper to do. It's easier to do. That, But again, that doesn't necessarily make it a good movie. And if you can film your entire movie on a $15,000 budget and make millions, then who am I to tell you you're wrong? Yeah. How much money did your version of Paranormal Activity make, Critic? You know, and that's, you know, it's that's a huge turnover. It's not like, you know, this is not Cuthred Island or Waterworld where we lost all the money that we made. And again, to go back to that Eli Roth series I was watching, I think it was Quentin Tarantino talking about Twilight. And he goes, I can make fun of the movie all I want, but I look at how much money the those movies made and obviously they were doing something right yeah stephanie meyer is very very upset about everything you said about her and her vampires while she's rolling in her <laughs> she's wiping her cash. tears with hundred dollar bills <laughs> like john ralphio she's flushed with cash all right so as production people take a moment to actually look at paranormal activity because uh when i was watching the movie i was like okay I'm going to look at this and see how they broke the film down and see how they did all of their practical effects. Because basically, they're all practical effects. There's one where I can't figure out how the fuck they did it, and it's the one that got me the most. Which one's that? It's the one where um, they're sleeping in bed, and the guy's foot gets pulled in one direction and immediately turns and gets dragged out the door. Or yeah, the, I I can't for the life of me figure out how the fuck they did that. Like in one direction, Real yes, ghost. but to to run to randomly just turn like that, and that's the that was the funny thing. It was like I was watching it, knowing that it's a movie and everything is made up, but I was thinking, all right, I'm going to figure out how the fuck they did all this stuff. And then when it got to that scene, I forgot that I was watching a movie, and for a split second, I'm I'm thinking I am watching a ghost fucking film because I have no idea. I can't, I can't think of how the fuck they did that and then immediately close the door after I mean what they can get away with is amazing in some movies as far as how they shoot stuff so I'm not sure how they actually were able to do that now yeah if you 
if you're listening and you made that movie, please tell me because it still freaks me out to this day trying to figure listening out. How and the you fuck made you that did movie. That. Please tell us so we can have you on for an interview. Yeah, and then send him hate mail. Oh yeah, sorry. Oh, <laughs> see, I like when I get to be the baby face on the show. Dan's always was always the heel on Russell Talk, and now it's going to be Eric. Eric's going to be the bad guy. Uh, am I? I'm always the bad guy. This is not new to me. You you relate to uh, all right, Sith, Slytherin, like <laughs> Sith, Sith. Yeah. <laughs> that when, was our motto. Yeah, <laughs> Anything when, when, bad happened. <laughs> whenever Eric and I would do something at Disney that we probably should not have done and then laugh about it, we'd look at each other and go, Sith. <laughs> and it's so just we stuck. to the bad guys. Uh, let's, let's transition this over, because we just mentioned Sith. Let's transition it over to aliens and alien universes. Uh, so... Really quickly, because I have I have kind of a long answer to this, so I'll just get your answers first. But do you guys believe in aliens, Eric? Let's actually start with you. Do you, you want the short version, short version, or long answer? Well, I have a pretty long answer, so and it might tie in. So let's do short versions, and then as I'll do my explanation, we can kind of throw your stuff in, see if it coordinates. Okay, I, I, th- uh, I think I know where you might be going with that. Uh, the the short answer will be yes. I don't know if it's intelligent, and if there is intelligent life, I don't think it's anywhere near us. And if it is anywhere near us, I don't think they want anything to do with us. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's very fair. That, that is the shortest possible answer I could have given for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That actually will coordinate to what I'm about to say. Uh, Jeff, what's your official take on aliens? Yes, because I also have a story involving a alien. Well, we got to hear it now. Yeah. Uh, so this is, this is a weird story, but same house that I had the shadow figure experience. Uh, we had a wood burning stove. Now the way that the, it was set up was we had our house, which was up on a hill. There was a house behind us. And then there was a forest behind them. So one day it was, I was probably 13, 14, maybe 15, Uh, My dad calls me to say, can you get some wood for the stove? And we had the wood was outside next to the garage. So I open the garage. It's already nighttime. It's like seven, eight o'clock at night, already dark. And I remember just, I don't know what made me say this, but in my head, I said, if you guys are out there, please show yourself. I walk out of the garage and I take a left. And so I look out behind the woods behind the other house and I saw what looked to be a triangle shape with three lights in the sky just hovering there and so I was just absolutely frozen staring at this for what I felt was five minutes then I saw it just zoom off into the night and I again I ran inside and my father's sitting in the living room And he goes, where have you been? And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, you were gone for 20 minutes, and yet you do not have any wood with you. Where's the wood? And I explained to him what I saw, and he goes, it was, you know, probably just a plane or something. I said, the plane did just, it was hovering, Dad. And he tried to play it off, and so I then went and got the wood. And ever since that night, at least once a year, I will have a dream that takes place 
possibly during that time where whatever I saw actually landed in our backyard. So the fact that I lost about 15 minutes of time and saw something that I can't quite explain leads me to believe that yes. Hmm. There we go. Never had any experiences. But I think it's mathematically impossible for us to be the only living intelligent species in existence, period. Yes. So... This this kind of brings me to my answer. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of science up this bitch here, but this is the nerd table, right? So shouldn't we be nerdy? Hell yeah! Yeah. All right. So let me grab comes- a beer. No, that's not- <laughs> <laughs> this comes from uh, famed astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. He was doing a lecture with uh, Richard Dawkins, and Richard asked him. He said, "What what do you believe the possibility of alien life existing in the universe is?" and he said, it has to be high. It has to be. And he, he started to break it down with science. And here are my two big takeaways from what he said here. Number one, do you know what the human body is made out of? Do you know what atoms are in our body? So the most common one is hydrogen. Uh, the second one is oxygen, right? H2O, hydrogen, oxygen makes water, primarily what we're made out of, as well as carbon, nitrogen, and other stuff, right? Take the other stuff out of the equation. Focus on the first four. Hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen. Do you know now what the five most common elements in our universe are? Those hydrogen, five. Yeah. hydrogen, helium, and we all know helium's chemically inert. You can't do anything with helium. So it's, it's out there, but it's not going to be part of you. Hydrogen, oxygen, carbon, and nitrogen. He says, so you're telling me that we're literally made of the most common ingredients in the universe. And this only happened in one place on this planet with everything yeah. else that's out there. And he said, and, you know, people want to look for silicon based life, too, because silicon and carbon are above and below each other on the periodic table. So therefore, they bond similarly. He said, there's actually five times as much carbon out there as silicon. So you probably are going to find carbon-based life before you find silicon. So that right there should tell you that this is a pretty common occurrence. And to think that it only happened here, as as him and other scientists have put it, is very egocentric for us as human beings. So that's one thing to wrap your head around. Now, here's the second one, because then people always say, OK, well, if it's happened, why haven't we contacted any aliens yet? So here's another thing to wrap your head around. Imagine that, well, we'll put this to scale. Imagine that a basketball court, that's something everybody can envision in their head, right? Yep. You, you all know what a basketball court looks like. You know how big that is. All yeah, right, I so played imagine, NBA 2K. What? <laughs> I said I played NBA 2K. I know what the rough Okay, there, there you is. go. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> that's about as athletic as Eric's gotten. <laughs> so... Imagine that's the size of the imagine that that is the Milky Way galaxy. Now take a BB and place a BB on that basketball court. That is the length, the the radius of how far radio waves have extended from our planet in light years. 
And we've been broadcasting radio signals since what, like the 1920s? Give or take, so about 100 years. And that's a light year bubble around our planet. And we've only really broadcast out 100 light years or so. And that's how far we've actually reached in our galaxy. And we didn't even send those radio waves intentionally. The ones we sent intentionally are much, much shorter than that from what direction they've gone in. So for 100 light years to work here, an alien species would have had to pick up the radio wave, figure out that it was intelligent, figure out where it came from, and send a response that we were able to decode. So the only thing we've concluded is that an intelligent life species within a hundred year, a hundred light year radius of our planet hasn't actually been able to respond to us yet is the only logical conclusion we can draw from that. Yeah. Space I mean, is big. <laughs> yeah. If, and if anyone knows science, I'm going to believe Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm, the yeah. guy kind of knows what he's talking about. Yeah. So, I, I, I kind of lean towards believing science and scientists because I'm a big science enthusiast and I'm a big fact finder and fact checker. And I'm not going to turn that into any other kind of discussion because I know where some people's minds immediately went when I said that and I get it, but that's always been me. I'm a big believer in facts and science. And when you actually, cause you don't, there's not even an opinion to be taken out of that. Those are scientific facts. How far our reach is right now. And so there could be a very intelligent alien life species as advanced as us that's 120 light years away, which in space terms is not that far. And the only reason they haven't responded yet is because they don't know we exist because they haven't picked us up yet. Again, I look at it this way. Neil deGrasse Tyson knows science, so I'm going to believe him. It would be like, you know... Me asking you a wrestling question. You know your history. It'd be if I asked Neil deGrasse Tyson a wrestling question, he would have no clue. So I'm going to go to the person who is the most familiar with something to get the factual answer, not opinion, but fact. Exactly. That's why I, when I have a paranormal question, I ask you because yep. you know you know about more, more about it than I do, and I know you do. And if I. <laughs> I mean, this is how much I know Eric. If I have a video game question, I always go to Eric because Eric <laughs> knows his stuff and he knows his tech. That's why I've asked you computer questions in the past. True. You know stuff. You guys know things. <clears throat> I'm going to so, trust scientists. And wh whatever your opinion of Neil deGrasse Tyson is, even if you're not a fan of his for some reason or you don't, you don't like him because he's eccentric or you don't like other things he said, then look up another scientist. Look up some Carl Sagan lectures. You know, Carl Sagan's appeared on Johnny Carson back in the 70s. You can look him up. He's going to say the same thing. If you don't like Neil deGrasse Tyson, check out Bill Nye. There are plenty of great minds out there that can answer a yeah, question, not based exactly. on opinion, but actual fact. You know, and, so, and that's the big thing with the Fermi paradox, right, is where are all the aliens? Well, maybe we just – we're just not strong enough to detect them yet. Or – what I mean, there, there, it could be we're not strong enough to detect them yet, right? Or uh, are we on the bottom of the technology list or are we on the top of the technology list? Like where are we as far as technology compared to other species? It's a great uh, question. And there's actually been 
quite a few of uh, quite a few scientific discussions that answer that exact that exact question. Because on the one hand, if we just happen to have evolved the right way, then 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 yeah, like we could be first, and other species could exist out there, but maybe they are not as intelligent. Let's let's be realistic here. The dinosaurs didn't fucking go to space. <laughs> space that wiped out the true. dinosaurs. That we space, know of. Space kicked the dinosaurs' <laughs> ass. There was one pterodactyl. He flew a little too high. <laughs> yeah. And then he dropped down when he realized he ran out of oxygen. And then on the other thing about like the different types of life forms, the carbon-based and silicon-based, like what if we are looking for the wrong thing? Like – yeah, we're the majority of uh, atoms in, in the atmosphere, right? Like combined, that's us. But <clears throat> every galaxy is different. Mm-hmm. What if we're looking for the wrong thing? What if we, our understanding of life isn't the same as another life form? Exactly. Like, we'll, we'll, we fly by – like I'm just exaggerating here. But like let's say we go through and we see like a bunch of mountains – and we don't realize that that's like slow moving intelligent life, you know. You're absolutely correct. We don't we don't know how. Like, think about the recent news that they detected what could potentially be traces of microscopic life in the atmosphere of Venus. And there's a theory that life could exist on the oceans of the moon of Europa, one of Jupiter's moons, underneath the ice surface. All you have to do is confirm that there's something else living and you've got your answer on extraterrestrial. You've answered half the question. Extraterrestrial life exists. Now you have to look for the intelligent ones. I've even heard the uh, the theory that somebody came up with. I don't remember if this was a Fermilab thing or where, where it actually originated from. But somebody said that based on scientific conclusions, the, the it's possible that there are only... 36 intelligent alien civilizations living in our galaxy. And that seems like a ridiculously small number, but at the same time, it's also, it could also be a conclusive number. Now, how do we communicate with them? And what, and and the other thing is like going back to what you just said, what would they look like? Every alien in pop culture has always been bipedal, but they could all just be like the blob. We, we have no idea what they could look like. We don't know what kind of sensory, app, you know, like what do they do? They see, do they hear? Can they speak? Do, we'll, we'll get into pop culture stuff in just a minute here. But in how big is their sun? Where's their planet uh, compared to the sun? What yes. kind of light they're actually getting? I, was, right. I saw the, a documentary. If the planet is yeah, title locked. And it doesn't actually rotate, then half the planet's getting cooked and the other half is frozen. So even yeah. if it's in the habitable zone, that doesn't mean it can support life. And then uh, I was reading – or not reading. I saw a documentary on uh, space travel and stuff like that. And if our plants are green because of the position of where our planet is in our sun, and if our sun was a – let's say a red dwarf, our plants would be a different color. Yes. Right, because it would it would need different types of light in order to feed itself. So Correct. like all of the, 
all of that plays uh, on everything. And then what kind of vision would they have? Like if it was a red dwarf and they're not getting the same amount of light or different waves of light compared to us, would they have infrared vision? Would they have like, you know, they They like, yeah, exactly. Well, look at, look at other species on, on earth and how they see and hear things, you know, the, uh, my cats can hear sound frequencies. I can't. You blow a dog whistle, you can't hear it, but the dog can. Right there. That's a, a perfect example. You know, bats communicate with sonar. Whales, dolphins. Can humans do that? Nope. And I also look at Marco. Animals. <laughs> animals can hear the slightest sound. Like, my dog can hear, you know people talking three houses down because he'll start barking. You know, he'll hear a squirrel in the yard. So they obviously have picked up on different sound waves and different sound levels that we cannot. And, and again, you we're imagine? kind of sticking to just mammals here, but think about what birds, insects, amphibians, fish, what they're all capable of. It's it's a huge I, list. Yeah, I have a feeling dogs look at us like we're dumb. Like, oh, my dog does. I, I fully admit that. My cats yeah. do. I'll tell you that right now. My cats <laughs> judge the shit out of me. They gotta be like, why Why are you picking up my shit? I just shit right there. Like, it's outside. It's not even our home. Why are you picking this up? <laughs> <laughs> I just did a delivery, actually, to my own vet. Because uh, I do my... I was doing the delivery route yesterday at work. And as I'm walking in... With the boxes in my hand, this lady stops me and she goes, watch it, because a dog had just taken a giant dump right <laughs> right where I was about to step. And while they had <laughs> cleaned up the main dump, there might have still been residual. So I appreciated that. And who knows? You know, I, I know for a fact that my cats do stuff to be a dick. Like, my cat knows where he's not supposed to scratch. And he'll do it and he'll look you in the eye when he's doing it. And when you start to get up, He'll stop and he'll try to see how much of how much of this he can get away with. It's like a little kid. <laughs> Just, My ex-wife's cat used to do that. Like she knew she was not supposed to be up on the uh, counters in the kitchen, so she would do it. But then, as soon as she saw she got caught, she would jump down. Like we wouldn't even have to say anything because we would yeah. always catch her, and she'd just be like, "Oh, okay, I'll get down for now." For now. And yeah, so, and that's the other thing, uh, going back to what one of you guys just mentioned, but we, we breathe oxygen and who's to say that something else wouldn't be inhabitable. Like an alien could show up here and choke to death on our air because we don't know. We don't know the air is breathable everywhere. Or we know we can't go to Mars. We would not survive. What if uh, you guys seen the the movie War of the Worlds, right? Yes. Yeah. What if there's like little viruses and bacteria and shit in the air that's just going to kill off anything that comes and visit us? So. Yeah, because they don't have an immune system built up to our stuff. Imagine if an alien arrived now in 2020 and COVID got it. <laughs> like that's that's the end of that alien. <laughs> that alien's done. I mean, if it affects him the same way, maybe he's immune to that. Well, then we kidnap him and figure out where the immunity comes in. 
And that's why we don't have alien friends <laughs> right there. <laughs> well, like, well, how to live that? What you said, what you said Dissect earlier, Eric. Um, and this is another thing that Neil deGrasse Tyson pointed out. He said, if aliens have ever observed us, they would probably look down on us so hard because of where their technology got them to where we are. And they're like, look at these guys. They can't even leave their own planet. They're... Well, oh, look at that. They've got a space station orbiting their planet. Pff, primates. And they would just take off. Right. And what if Looking. all those, what if all these stories of redneck yokels getting abducted by aliens actually were true? Because an intelligent alien species ain't going to go for a big city if they're trying to study us. They're going to go that's, for the most rural part that they can find. That's true. And if that's the idiot that they picked up, they're going to be like, this species sucks ass. They yeah. probably look at us building a space station, having it orbiting around our planet the same way we look at birds who build nests. They're like, oh, that's Yeah, pretty that's much. Cute. Oh, isn't that cute? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's to go back adorable. to your point, Chris, where, you know, where are the aliens going to go? Where there's 50,000 people that could spawn them or where there's five people that could spawn them? Yeah, exactly. You know, and one of them messed up bad and crashed in New Mexico. Well, yeah, he was he was drunk. That's possible. <laughs> Maybe he was going to give a segue tour and was a little hungover. Who does that? He's still one of the rednecks that was making moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can't go into, into aliens and pop culture though. I I can't do we can't do a whole we could do we could do a whole episode on it. So we can't go nuts here because I could do a whole thing just on Star Wars alien races. But I'll try and like DC and Marvel and stuff. I'll try and stick more to uh, to some of the classic uh, some of the classic aliens that we've seen in movies and uh, some of the best movies involving aliens. And right away, I got to mention Independence Day. Yeah, I mean, you can't talk aliens without talking Will Smith because you've got Independence Day and you've got Men in Black. It, there you go. Yeah, and they're yeah. two completely different concepts there. But an Independence Day, I actually think Independence Day was a good telling of how we would react to an alien invasion and how an alien invasion could go down on a large scale. Again, Here comes you, yeah, just look at the rooftop scene when they're like, whatever you do, do not, you know, try to distract the aliens. And everyone's just like, let's have a party. And they're holding up signs, aliens welcome. And the ship yeah. just blows everyone up. And the ship just is just like, oh, screw you guys. You guys were here to welcome us? Well, LOL. <laughs> it's like uh, like when we find fire ants. We're just like, whoa, we got to take care of that shit right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they, uh, they come back. All three of us lived in Florida. We've all seen. They're, yeah. they're a real nuisance down there. But, I mean, what's, you know, if you find a, if you find a wasp in your house and you can sit, you continually, continuously find them. You don't just keep taking out the individual wasps hoping the problem goes away. You eliminate the nest. Yep. That's, it's just, it's, that was the whole point of their species, right? Was yeah. that they were, they were taking over other races. They were eliminating all the natural resources and then they would move on. And they finally got to a, a planet that successfully fought back because Jeff Goldblum gave him a computer virus. And I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, exactly. Must go faster. <laughs> uh let's talk about an alien species that's one of jeff's favorites stitch yep 
I'm looking at a stitch right now. <laughs> sitting you know, on top of my TV next to Michelangelo. He was uh he was exiled out of Yeah, that that was his punishment. He was banished to exile at the end of the movie, but he basically escapes captivity because he's an he's an unnatural creature that was made artificially in a lab. And he lands on a small Hawaiian island, so you know, he just completely surrounded by water with no major cities. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And learns the meaning of friendship. And of course, the, the, we, we discovered that our planet's actually being protected by this galactic civilization because of mosquitoes. And what, what's one of the first things that Lieutenant Pleakley points out? Our planet's primitive. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're a very primitive planet, and they kind of mock us for that. Uh, I, I enjoyed watching Invader Zim. That was a fun little Nicktoon where he's trying to enslave humanity and to impress his boss, and he's just failing miserably, which is part of the humor there. I'm going to throw one out that I just recently watched. I'm not sure if either of you have seen the movie Paul. Yes. Yes. I actually own it on Blu-ray. So do I. How are you? How how am I understanding you right now? Because I'm speaking English, you fucking moron. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a fantastic movie. Okay, well, here's another here's another thing. The the popular stereotype of aliens are the, the greys, right? The big heads, black eyes. That had to come from somewhere. Who's to say that that isn't one of the closest intelligent species that's evolved? And that's why it's become popular. Uh, these things don't come from nowhere. Maybe. I mean, uh, they could. L. Ron Hubbard created a lot of stuff from I something. Mean, I mean, there was a lot of LSD in the 60s. <laughs> That is also <laughs> true. Yeah. And then these movies didn't start really coming out until the 70s. So, yeah. Well, you have to get creative from somewhere. That's why I've always enjoyed the creativity behind the Star Wars aliens. <laughs> I thought you were really good. And that's why I always enjoyed some LSD. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Chris. <laughs> I have not. I don't know if I would enjoy that. I I would be too afraid. I'd probably panic, actually. (laughs) But, I mean, between Star Wars, Star Trek, Stargate, Farscape, Babylon 5, Doctor Who, look at how creative. Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Look at how creative we've gotten with what we can imagine out there. Which makes me actually nervous that the real thing's going to be really boring. Like, we're not going to come anywhere close to the fascination of these alien creatures. It's just going to be like, ah, really? That's all we got? Man. I mean, all aliens will not be as cute and cuddly as Stitch, so. No, they could be downright terrifying like the Xenomorphs. Yep. Another fantastic movie. And that is a true blue horror movie. The original Alien is straight up horror. Because like you were saying, on I think it was last week's episode, or the episode before that, there's nowhere to go. You are trapped on a spaceship with this creature that could hide out anywhere and yeah. could kill you in a second. Like, like Eric said, Jaws isn't terrifying because I can just exit the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> but a, yeah. xenomorph on a, a xenomorph on a spaceship 
Yeah, you're you. That's there's no flight. You have to fight. <laughs> there is yeah. no flight. There's nowhere you to go. Be like, oh, I'm gonna head out like SpongeBob. You're like, no. yeah, no, you're not no. doing that. You're heading out. You're dead. So I have a theory. If we do find life, it's going or intelligent life. It's not even going to be alive. I have a feeling we're going to find artificial intelligence. Signs that there was intelligent life, but no longer existing, except for the creations that they've made. Basically, like how we make robots, that's probably what we're going to find. Right, and then they don't have any need to go anywhere because they've already got their own society. Well, that and... They, they were probably let, – like, let's look at what's going to happen to our star, right? Like it's going to fade away, die, and explode. And we need – we desperately need to figure out something before that happens, right? Well, By then, actually, we'll have a lot. We're actually screwed a little before that because yeah. eventually we're going to exhaust all the photosynthesis and C4, C2 or whatever it's called. C4, yeah, the explosives. But whatever, yeah. whatever causes uh, – plants to exist on this planet is going to die long before the sun. So we don't have a choice to perpetuate our species and keep it going. We have to eventually leave this planet and successfully terraform another one. And when the sun expands to 10% more illumination, it's going to turn our planet into Venus. So we don't have a choice, but to eventually like when they say space is the final frontier, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. We don't have a choice, but to get there at some point. And how do we know that other species didn't evolve? I mean, not for nothing. Humans aren't the kindest creatures on the planet, especially to each other. So how do we know that intelligent life didn't arise elsewhere and succumb to something that wiped them all out? And we'll discover this planet, we'll start exploring it, and we'll realize that there are entire towns and cities and all kinds of stuff that are just in ruins and there's no life. And maybe the only life left is the the unintelligent life. That wasn't wiped out. So I that's why I think it's too it's too foolish to say aliens don't exist. I will stipulate if you don't believe in cryptids, and I will I will also not have a problem with someone who does not believe in ghosts. But to say that aliens just plain don't exist is so foolish. Because there could be one much closer to us than we realize. And, you know, like those stars in the habitable zone of Alpha Centauri, our closest star neighbor, four light years away, that there could be something living on that planet just because it doesn't, it hasn't successfully reached a point where it can travel the universe doesn't mean it's not there. And to throw a reference into Dragon Ball, which Eric and I are both big fans of. You, have you seen all of Dragon Ball Super, Eric? Yes. Okay, so this is a reference point to when uh, I can't remember I can't remember the Kai's name from the 10th universe, but he's the mentor of Zamasu, the antagonist. Right. The James I don't Foster remember his name, character. but yeah. Yeah, but he takes him to, to view this primitive planet to show them how the species is starting to evolve, and when Zamasu interferes and he just flat out murders one because it's charging him because they're not supposed to be there because they're time traveling to see their progress. He's like, well, why did you do that? These guys had a chance to actually evolve and you're just getting in the way. And, you know, we 
as cavemen, we could have been so violent that we wiped each other out. Who knows? We're, maybe we're lucky that didn't happen. So we we don't know. And I don't know what kind of creatures we're going to find. Maybe there are Saiyans out there that are that look like <laughs> us. Maybe maybe Marvin the Martian <laughs> or Roger from American Dad. You know, there's Alf, Alf. or Mork. E.T. E.T. As a, okay. I don't think E.T. as a species would have survived. Slow ass bastard. <laughs> hey, according to Robot Chicken, he was just a special version of his species. They're actually very intelligent. Hey, then why take him? That, uh, we learned that Gonzo is actually an alien. Well, I mean, that's not really that surprising. Yeah. Everybody else is based off an animal, and then you look at Gonzo, and you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that boy ain't right. How about Mork? Mork from yep. Mork? Yep. Nanny, nanny. And who's to say that aliens aren't here right now, but because of our limited perception as humans, or because of their advanced technology, that we can't even detect them. They could literally be walking around our most populated cities right now. Only we had a pair of special glasses to see them. Exactly. John Carp. Thank you, John Carpenter. (laughs) I came to chew bubble gum and kick ass. All out of bubblegum. Oh, I've used that line so many times. It's not even best lines in cinematic history. Yeah. So let's 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 do a uh, let's draw a conclusion here with with all three of what we just talked about. I believe we are on the same page that. Ghosts are quite probable. Residue, uh, residual effects and everything. Can't dispute uh, them. Can't prove them. Can't dispute them. Exactly. Uh, cryptids, maybe less likely on the bigger stories, but the fact that we still literally discover new species every single day. It, look at the Okapi. Well, I'll throw more Disney back out there for you from uh, Animal Kingdom. That species wasn't discovered until 1901. In biological standards, do you know how freaking recent that is? Yeah. For a mammal and not a small mammal to just be discovered because of that's how elusive they are. Like, they, they call the bongo the ghost of the forest. This is another animal fact going back there because... They know to stay away from humans. They don't come near people. They don't come near populated areas. So seeing them is incredibly rare. These are full grown mammals that we're talking about. We're not talking about insects and fish and things like that, that we are and birds that we are discovering new versions of all the time. Because they keep fucking. They keep fucking to keep breeding. <laughs> yes, thank you, Eric. I know how biology works. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah. And then, but then when it comes to aliens, they have to exist. Extraterrestrial life has to exist. Whether it's intelligent or not, it has to be out there. It just has to be. And what it, there could be species that have evolved to a point where they can survive in the vacuum of space and say, screw it, we don't even need a planet anymore. I think those are the ones we got to be the most worried about. They'll just sit there and wait to take over. Yeah, just wait till they deplete all their oxygen. They're, they're already ripping up their ozone layer. They're good. We'll get them. And then the other thing is, 
are these aliens benevolent? Or, you know, are they going to be kind to us? Or are they going to wipe us out? What What do you think they're going to make of humans when they... Uh, every time humanity has colonized a new part of Earth, it hasn't ended well for those natives, has it? Nope. Like... I'm not I'm not a big fan of this movie anymore, but Avatar kind of got it right. They were the asshole invading aliens. They started basically trying to take over this species instead of trying to learn about them. So with that knowledge, knowing that we always go and conquer or invade wherever we go, I feel like if someone were to come to us, we would assume that they are going to do the same thing. So we Isn't won't be friendly exactly. to them. Exactly. That's a great point. And I, I agree with that. What? Because we are assuming the worst of ourselves. It's like that whole thing where, you know, I'm not going to get too personal with things like this, but what's one of those, a big issue we have in society right now are women who can't travel alone because they're worried about what a man could do to them in a, in a parking garage or a dark alley or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. They have that preconception because it's happened so many other times. It's the same. It's the same reason you don't go up to a friggin' bear in the woods and start poking it. Because you know what it's capable of. But we're making assumptions based on what we do as humans. And if we've been jerks to other to native colonies and kind of taken over. Then. We are right to assume that that's what an alien is going to want to do if it comes to us. Whether we're right or right or wrong, that's the assumption. Now, our violent tendencies have gone down with the advancements of technology and communication. So if they're at the point where they can travel, like, from, you know, star to star, right, then hopefully they're at a point where they're just at peace because they have everything that they need. And that's what we're hoping for, is that they don't need anything from us. Because I don't think they're going to negotiate. And again, everybody else is going to assume that they're not going to negotiate because that's what we would do. We would not negotiate if we needed something. If I needed food, I would ask for it. And if I didn't get it, then I would have to take it. Right. What about uh, what about District 9? That was a great take on aliens. They- yep. First of all, they put them in a in a city that wasn't just it wasn't one of the major cities you always see. It wasn't a, a North American or European city. They went for Johannesburg, South Africa, and look what happened to them. They were basically treat they basically were put into slums and treated like second rate citizens. And they while while the Americans or the Americans, yeah, I see. And here we go again, making those bad assumptions. While the the humans basically raided their technology and used it for themselves. Oh, cool. We're going to make better weapons. What would we do if an alien actually landed and we realized they had the capability of traveling, you know, using interstellar travel or some kind of a warp drive? That would be such a breakthrough for science to realize that now traveling space is possible. We're going to try to harness that technology and more than likely we're going to be jerks about it. (laughs) I feel like we – I don't know about you, but if I don't know how something works, typically breaking it down and reverse engineering it, I figure it out and then I can build it myself. So I feel like 
once we're given the technology, we know how each component individually works. It wouldn't take long for us to like get whatever they have. Yeah. But also consider this. What's one of the big fears about intelligent or uh, artificial intelligent uprising is that they're going to wipe out humans because they're going to judge us. And if intelligent, if, if an artificial life form like a Terminator rose up right now and judged humanity, what do you think would happen? We're going to die. We're going to die. So these aliens might look at us and be like, we're not giving them this kind of technology. We're not going to share our secrets with them. What are they going to do with it? They're just going to wipe each other out. This is a waste of our time. Let's go try another solar system. Now, if we were to get invaded, that would be the smartest way to do it, was to just give us their technology and be like, here, do what you need to do, and then we'll be back. And then to come back a few years later and our entire existence is just wiped out because we kill ourselves. Like, hey, we got a new vacation home. (laughs) (laughs) Come visit Earth. And we can't really blame them. We can't be like, oh, they came and murdered all our stuff. They knew what was going to happen, but ultimately it was our decision to do it. Fuck Earth. You know our planet means dirt, right? <laughs> yeah, got a lo- That's another one. Rick, uh, yeah. Rick, and, Rick and Morty got re- very creative with their aliens, too. They have, like, these things that are just lumbering around that you don't, don't even look like anything. Yeah. All right, so let's let's go back real quick to to our three main topics, and let's do a let's do a fa- let's do a favorite list. Uh, let's start with ghosts. Do either of you, do anybody have a favorite ghost in pop culture that you're just a big fan of? I, I wouldn't say favorite ghost. I mean, if I'm gonna say favorite ghost, I'm gonna go Slimer. Ah, uh, you took my answer. <laughs> That's also yeah, my I answer. Love, I love Slimer. Slimer. I love okay. love Slimer. Okay, all right. Well, we can conclude that Slimer is awesome. That's fair. Um, do you have a favorite uh, cryptozoology type creature? Uh, obviously, minus the Jersey Devil. But what's your favorite? Just because he's the granddaddy of them all is Bigfoot. Gotta love your Bigfoot, Eric. And do you Nessie. Have one? And Nessie. Nessie's too. Uh, yeah, Nessie. Okay. And then is there any kind of a specific pop culture alien that you're a you're a really big fan of that you think is a Obviously I'm throwing Stitch out there, so gonna stick with Stitch. Yeah. Uh Xenomorph from Alien. I, I don't know if this is an all time favorite, but my current favorite alien in anything right now is the child from the Mandalorian. Okay. A- AKA yep. Baby Yoda. AKA Baby Yoda. That's I fair. just love I just love me some Baby Yoda. Yeah, and how do we know that the freaking force doesn't exist either? Like there could be some some species out there that's harnessed the power of the universe and just are just they're literal psychics. They're telekinetics. They're doing all this crazy stuff. And we're they're just one with here. all the atoms and molecules of the universe. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're struggling to make fire out of sticks. Viscous hot. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm friggin' struggling. Well, I'm friggin' struggling to get my smartphone to cooperate with me some days. So, who knows what's out there? But as they say on a very famous paranormal investigation show, The X Files, I want to believe. 
And also, the truth is out there. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the that's the conclusive line, right? Is the the bottom line is we don't know as much as we think we know. We do. There could be other dimensions. There could be parallel universes. You can't conclude that this stuff doesn't exist. We don't even know if our universe is finite yet. I mentioned this on a previous episode, but there's a there was a paper that was just just written a couple of weeks ago that has concluded that they say they've concluded our universe will stop expanding at a radius of two trillion light years across. And then there's a possibility that that's it. That's how big our universe is. And then, well, what's at the end of the universe? Is there another universe on the other side? Or have we just if have we just hit a wall? We don't know. And think about how far we've come since 1900. In the last 120 years, from 1900 to 2020, how far we've advanced technology-wise, uh, our understanding of science and physics. Imagine what we're going to know in the year 2200. I don't even think you have to go that far. Look at how far our technology has advanced in the last five years. That's true, too. I mean, when when I first started watching pro wrestling again, I was watching it on old. I was watching old tube televisions, four by three standard definition of grainy ass Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. I was playing my video games on channel three. I had to switch over to channel three so I could play all of my video games. Yep. And that was when I was a kid. I'm only I'm, I'm going to turn 36 next month. And now I've I remember got HD and 4K in front of me because I have an, a 1080p television right next to my 4K computer monitor. <laughs> and when I was a kid, I played Super Mario Brothers on the NES. And now I can play Skyrim. I, I'm kind of hurting for a, a good a, a modern well graphics game. But compare the PlayStation 5 and what it's doing right now just to the Nintendo 64 and the PlayStation 1. Yep. And that's... Or let's even look at the music genre. Like, I remember listening to music off of an A-track player, then cassettes, then CDs, mm -hmm. then digital downloads. We've gotten to the point where you don't even need to download your music anymore. It just fucking plays from the air. It's just yep. the air. If you really think about it, it's it's streaming from the air. That's fucking magical and awesome. <laughs> it really is. I can when I I used to have a uh, an FM transmitter for my satellite radio where I'd have to match the transmitter with the radio station so I could get the satellite radio to play in my old ass Jeep. Now my my 2020 Toyota Corolla has this really cool touchscreen with Apple CarPlay that I can just go boop, 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 and I've got music, and I've got the map in front of me, and my GPS uploaded. And my even my my last Jeep, which was only a 2002, which isn't that old, uh, I still had to have a cassette player hooked up to my iPhone so I could listen to my music in the car. I had to, that was the only way to plug it in. It's It's insanity how much technology is advancing and the discoveries that we're making. We are, and I, I will, I will conclude our alien conversation with something that I truly believe in. I believe in my lifetime, 
we are going to conclusively prove that extraterrestrial life exists, whether it's microscopic or whatever. We're going to conclusively prove it. And I believe we're going to do it in the next 20 years. I don't even think it's going to take that long because I look I think- at the fact that our government now has been releasing footage and declassifying evidence saying there are UFOs that have been captured by our military officers. Now, again, UFO could mean anything. It could yeah. just mean something that we don't it, know what it is. It is literally an unidentified flying object, but you can't conclude that it's aliens from Venus just because it, you don't know what it is. But the fact that they're releasing more and more, I would not be surprised that even in the next five to ten years, if we know a lot more than we know right now. Yeah. I mean, they, they're making so many advances in physics right now, it's ridiculous. And even and we don't we still don't understand everything there is to know about physics. Look, and I, I don't think people ever will. It's it's potentially potential that we don't. What so, if it's ever changing? What if it's not something that's constant and it's just constantly changing? So every time we do figure it out, it's changed now. So it's kind of like, just like Windows. Every time you ask the question, I change the answer. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Roddy Piper. <laughs> we had to, had, had to throw that out. No, that's I had, fine. I, I appreciate that reference. <laughs> it was there. I could not miss that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, this is uh this is this is not only just been a, a really fun episode, but it's also I think this is actually one of our more educated and informative episodes because So it's the nerdier nerd table? I, I, I think that you bring you bring extra nerd to the nerd table and I'm all about it. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am 100% all about it. Um, let's let's try to let's do something fun to, to close out the show. Let's what are some of the lamest ghosts in pop culture and cryptids and aliens? What are some lame stuff? What could what can we mock mercilessly? Oh, there's so much. Let me think here. I mean, <laughs> right now. And this is this is not necessarily pop culture, but I honestly think Slender Man is pretty damn dumb okay i just it's a tall man in a suit okay that's good what else i like that (laughs) yeah like what are you even what even are you dude i'm gonna have to say the ghost from scary mover uh scary movie that uh tries to have sex with their girl And yet, in Ghostbusters, when we see Dan Aykroyd get a paranormal blowjob, that was okay, though. (laughs) Fucking hysterical. That still (laughs) makes me laugh. In a PG movie, let me just throw that out there. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, the melting old woman from The Shining. Uh, Just just, everything. Everything about that is just no. Just no. Just, just, just don't. Uh, All right. Before we go, because I promised you a uh, funny Halloween story. Yes, you did. Okay. I want to. Can I? Can we just wrap up our lames real quick? I want to do cryptids and aliens. Sure. Um. The uh, the worst alien. I'm gonna get heat for this one. The worst alien in pop culture is Roger from American Dad. I hate that character, and I. I think he ruins the show completely. I don't care who he's imitating, and I do think that that's a funny comedian. I can't stand that character. Absolutely can't stand it. And I know people love Roger and think he's the best part of American Dad. Nope. Hate him. Absolutely hate him. Okay. 
The lamest alien for mine is actually not my least favorite. He's just the lamest alien. It's Mr. Poopy Butthole. I don't even know uh, what I that love is. him. That's a Rick and Morty reference. <laughs> it's I a mean him. Oh, oh, no, no. Hold on. I love I love him, but he's lame as a like as far as an alien design. I guess. I guess that's fair. He he is not well designed. I'll give you that one. He's he's basically a little human with a long yellow head. Yeah. I'll, He's a right, banana. I will, I will stipulate to that one. Uh, uh, I'm just going to th- – I can't think of a lame one off the top of my head, so I'm just going to throw out the alien from Mac and me. Okay. Want to be uh, E.T. And then is there a particular cryptid story that you think is kind of lame? Or is there is there a creature in pop culture you think is lame? Because I would – I'm I've always said I'm not scared of anything that I personally could beat up. So I've always really never given a shit about Child's Play or the Leprechaun movies because I'm like, I could beat that thing up myself. So why am I scared of it? It's a doll. I can literally pick it up by its leg and start slamming it against the wall. See, while I agree with you on that. I don't necessarily agree with the whole doll thing because you and I have discussed Island of the Dolls and how creepy as fuck. That oh, place in, is. in pop culture, they're lame. In real life, they're scary as shit. And I, okay. I will agree okay. with that because I'm going to say Robert the Doll, creepy as fuck. Um, I don't know that there's one that I would say I, I would say is lame. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass. Um, I don't know a lot of. The let me think. You ever see like a giant monster movie where you're like, "That's a stupid monster," or because um, we all know we all know Stay Puft is awesome. <laughs> Stay Puft was fantastic. If we're going for random creatures, uh, whatever the hell that thing was supposed to be in Cheapers Creepers. Oh yeah, be eating you. Yeah, the creeper. Yeah, he was kind of yeah. lame. That movie was kind of lame, too. And yeah. the Blair Witch? Meh. Gonna have to pass. Gonna pass on that one, dog. All right. Jeff, tell us your funny Halloween story. So I was probably, I want to say, about 10 years old. And it was Halloween night, and we were going trick-or-treating. It was all the kids in the neighborhood. No parents, just going house to house. And so we... It's me, my brother, and there were three other kids with us. And we're, you know, I grew up in the complete suburbs. Like, we just needed the white picket fence. It was pretty much, you know, everything you see in a 50s sitcom. And so we went to this house that was probably about a block or two away. And so we get there, and there is a figurine tied between two trees in their front yard. And it looked like an awesome Halloween decoration. Except that it wasn't. It was a person in a costume that scared the shit out of me. Because <laughs> I literally, like, I part of me expected it to move, but I was like, no, it's just, it's lifelike. It is an awesome decoration. And then it reached out and touched my shoulder as I walked past it. And I immediately cried my eyes out and ran completely home. I was like, I am 
done. I do not care. I left everybody behind and just, I probably even dropped my candy at one point. I just took off and I got home like sobbing my eyes out. My brother came in like 10 minutes later, go, yeah, he got scared. (laughs) I would walk by that house every like, I, I would walk by that house often. And that anytime I think of that house, that is the one thing that pops up was I, cause I could still see this thing and had pointy ears, a disfigured face. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Ah! And then ran off. <laughs> I know people who have done that. So I, I give the person lots of credit for their, uh, creativity and their patience to be out there just waiting for people but i'm like damn did that scare the living shit out of me uh i should do that this year <laughs> I, i've always wanted to do that but i've i've been informed that i'm not allowed so <laughs> oh. the wife that's fine yeah yeah that's fair that's fair i i, I actually think my mother would have let me but I had a friend who did that. He had a costume. He, it actually it looked really good. It, it looked he looked like a dummy holding a trick or treat bowl. And, yeah. And when you went to get the king, he would jump out and scare and scare people. And the thing is, people, it's so funny because like, if it's a if it's a little kid, I wouldn't intentionally scare them, but I would just slowly like lift my arm up. <laughs> but <laughs> so if he couldn't was, reach in. But for bigger kids, oh, I'm full up jumping. Yeah, the problem with that is you don't know that they're not going to punch you. Yeah, just wear padding. Isn't that the... Well, think about all the people who've ever been a character at Halloween Horror Nights. They understand that's part of what they're going to deal with. Yeah, True. but the I, the full thrill is literally just scaring people. I think that's why we do it. I don't even think they get paid. <laughs> to characters? They do. Well, it depends I'm, I'm on the joking. location. I'm joking. They don't get paid a lot. They don't get paid enough for the shit well, that no, they have to do. Not for what they deal with, no. <laughs> there was a Halloween attraction somewhere here in Pennsylvania where I did hear that they actually didn't pay the kids who worked there. It was like, I think they gave them they gave them stuff at like, they gave them swag was their payment for the season. And then somebody actually like ousted them on that. And now they're like, oh, great. Well, now we have to pay them. So they cut back on the scare actors, which of course is how everybody reacts to something like that. Oh, God forbid we actually have to pay them for doing a job? Oh, well, I guess we're just not going to have as many this time. No, this, see, this is where you, you, they fucked up. What you need to do is you need to go over to like the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts and, uh, and, and have them volunteer and then have them earn a badge and then you get free labor. That's it. <laughs> That's the end of my story. thinking about this. That's what I I was in Boy Scouts for a while, so uh, we've we had to volunteer to do some uh, uh, I forgot what it's called. Basically, a haunted house, but it's out in a field and shit like that, and they drive around. You're yeah, like in a wheelbarrow. Yeah, I mean, I was in Boy Scouts too, and most everything was voluntary, but we never got to do anything like that. That would have been cool. Really? Oh. Yeah, no, like uh, down here, it was in Florida, actually, a place called Moss Park. Uh, They do this Halloween thing where you're sitting in a, um, it's almost like a wheelbarrow, but a lot bigger, right? Because it normally holds a lot of people and it's being dragged around in a cart that's normally either pulled by horses. I've seen one person 
uh, attach it to a um, tractor trailer and then just drive them around. And then it just slowly moves as you're going through like this creepy field where, and then the lights, there's, there's no lights. You're basically just going by moonlight and then uh, either zombies or whatever the, the theme was will come out and like attack the, the cage or, or whatever and shake some stuff. And, but it was just a little ride going through a haunted corn maze, basically. Sounds fun though. Yeah. I would have done that. I totes would have done that. <laughs> totes and goats. Totes and goats, yeah. Jeff, I would like to thank you for joining us on the Nerd Table this week. This has been a very fun episode. I actually learned quite a bit about certain things too, like and uh and you've Guys, you got to check out Real Paranormal Talk here on CKCC Radio. Jeff has actually given some of his real evidence as bonus features on some of these episodes. He's actually played his own audio clips. He did one episode out in the field. There's a lot to check out here. And if you guys have any questions about anything paranormal, there is a paranormal group on Facebook that Jeff moderates. I believe it's just called Paranormal Discussions, right? That is correct. Yes, but I'm in there as well, and you guys can join that, and we you can share stories. If you've ever had – here's the thing. If you've ever had an encounter and somebody's ever mocked you for saying it, whether it was – whether you thought you saw a ghost or you thought you saw an alien or you thought you saw some kind of creature that you couldn't explain, come to the group and talk to us about it. We're not going to judge you for that. We're a very open-minded community because, as I just mentioned – we want to believe. And like I said, I have experienced so many different things that, I, of course, I'm not going to mock you because I've probably been through it myself. So definitely come join us. If you have any other questions and you want to reach out to me directly, I am on Facebook. I also do have my own email that is set up for my discussions. It's uh, Trell, T-R-E-L, podcast at AOL.com. And then one last thing I want to point out before we wrap up here. Uh, Jeff, you are a published author. You do have some books available on Amazon. Would you like to tell the listeners about that? Yeah, I actually do have six books out right now, including three of them about some of my paranormal uh, investigations. I do have a trilogy called, uh, uh, off the top of my head, I can't even think of it right now. But yeah, I do have a contact. That is it. Paranormal contact. Because originally it was paranormal uh Ah, paranormal activity, but as I was writing it is when the movie came out, and I'm like, well, I can't use that now. So <laughs> You bastards. Yep, so Paranormal Contact, Volume 1, 2, and 3, and then I have a book about time travel. I have a book about just... And then I have two kind of comedy drama books as well. Yes, and I'm a... Uh, object of my obsession was your newest one. Yeah, actually, can- and you released that in time for Valentine's Day. Which yes, was- I did. I, I, I was amused by that because of the plot of the story. <laughs> yeah. Just about, you know, a serial killer and stalking someone because nothing says happy Valentine's Day like a stalker. But hey, <laughs> that, that, that series you on Netflix did well, and that's supposed to be about a stalker, too. So mm-hmm. people have weird fetishes. What you guys can do, go to Amazon and just look up Jeff Trelowitz. And he's actually the first 
Yeah, the first seven listings, six of them are him. I don't know what Twisted and Sinful Stories is by Morgana Williams and Jack uh, Rodney. I actually contributed a story to that as well. Oh, okay, so that's why you popped up. That's yep. why that pops up on the list. Yep. Yes. Okay, well, there you go. You have a seventh book. So if you guys are struggling for something to read, I just gave you six books. Six. And all of them are less than $7. And for, to get the paperback version, if you if you're still like me and you like having the book in your hand, but you can get them ebooks. Yep. And in fact, uh, Time Traveler's Journal is even available if you special order at BarnesandNoble.com. There you go. So you can go ahead and pick that up right now at your local Barnes and Noble. Just uh, just order it ahead of time. So there you go, guys. Jeff, thank you for joining us on the Nerd Table. It was my pleasure. I enjoyed this episode. It was a lot of fun to talk about, and I look forward to coming back on other episodes as well. We'll definitely have you back. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Eric, did you learn anything? Yeah. uh, It it made me think, too. Just opened up my mind even more. And that was what we should do here. But, yes, we'll do some more – We'll do some more crossovers in the future. Perhaps we'll do a crossover with Jeff's other show, Ranking Tracks. We'll have him come on and we can uh, we can rank music together. And, That'd be fun. Uh, and then we can get into fights about that because I sometimes sometimes I see how people react to bands that I like and I get very upset about that. I got my passion too, you know. But yeah, yes, you he, Chris has joined me on an episode of Ranking Tracks, so that was a lot of fun as well. And uh, there will be two episodes that will come out this week. So there you go. So guys, check all that stuff out. Listen to Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks right here on CKCC Radio, and check out all the other great shows we have available. If you guys want, you guys enjoy uh, what Jeff's got to offer here in the world. Like I just said, there are six books available on Amazon and you can join us on Facebook at paranormal discussions, or you can contact Jeff directly with any questions you have about the paranormal. And if you do have any evidence you've ever captured and want an experienced paranormal investigator to take a look at it, I'm sure Jeff would be more than happy to hear your evidence. Exactly. And again, you know, whatever you want to discuss, cryptids ghosts aliens anything at all i'm welcome i'm always welcome to talk about so well thank you once again for joining us on that note it was my pleasure guys i do believe uh chris are you hungry i'm hungry jeff hungry i think it's time for those french toast sticks were good but they didn't sustain me through the episode so i I was gonna say you started talking about food so let's end it with food (laughs) all right (laughs) always have to i'm I'm ready to Time go. To go to I'm, lunch. About, I'm about to be super American. I'm going to go buy a gun and a cheeseburger. Hell yeah. <laughs> let's, let's Hopefully not at the same spot. That's uh, that's either going to be a bad quality gun or a terrible cheeseburger. Well, you well, can I'm get not. both at Walmart, so. Uh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be bad for both. There we go. <laughs> Possibly. Thank All you right. Again. Thank you again, sir. And we will see you guys next week on The Nerd Table. Have a good one, everybody. See you next time. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.